Welcome back to the Lava Wall Podcast. I'm your host, James Sterling Cooper. Yeah, I made a little uh, new intro music for you guys. Hope you guys dig it. <laughs> I was just kind of coming up with something quick. You know, I'm just always trying to update the show, make it bigger and better for you guys. So uh, it's just going up from here, baby. So um, yeah, today I'm introducing an awesome dude I met um, through tour days. Uh, actually, my first tour I ever went on back in 2007 during the summer, um, the band I was in called Eve's Impurity went on tour with another band called For the Taken, and we shared a uh, van and trailer together, and that's how we met. He is now the guitarist for two different bands um, called L West and Still Motions. He also builds his own guitars, and you could get those custom-made. The company is called Sonder Guitars. Um, But yeah, he's the homie, living out in Phoenix, Arizona. And today we're going to be talking about the new recording L. West has put out um, called Alum. Um, Without further ado, Thomas Brenneman. All right, Thomas, how you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's been a nice day. It's pretty nice out here. It's not too hot, so it's like 70s. I know you're in like Arizona, so it's probably like scorching out there. <laughs> it's uh yeah, we're getting we're getting close to that 110 area right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> damn, already? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> and, and what part of AZ are you in again? I'm in Phoenix. Oh. Weren't you in um like a different area before? It was like no, I've been in Phoenix uh, for a while now. Um, I'm thinking like around the time we went on like tour, like back th- those days. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I lived in Phoenix then too. Sam and all of them lived about 45 minutes away from me at that point. Um, so they were a little bit farther away, the rest of the band. But I was, I've, I've been in Phoenix since I moved here when I was like 10. Oh, dang. Yeah. I could have sworn you were like in some other part, but... I don't know. That was like so long ago. That was like 2000, 2007. So <laughs> it was a long time ago, man. Yeah, it yeah. was a long time ago. And I think that's the the last time we've talked. Like it's been a fucking long ass time, dude. I feel like yeah. I mean, we've definitely like chatted like over Facebook or whatever. Yeah, like, just social occasionally media. here and there. But yeah, mm-hmm. man, it's it's good to talk for sure. It's good to see you. Hell yeah, you too, man. You look good. You too, man. Thanks, brother. Yeah, so for people that don't know, uh, I was in a band called Ease and Purity, and Thomas was in a band called For the Taken, and we went on a summer tour together, and uh, both the bands like shared a van and a trailer, and <laughs> <laughs> that's how we met. Um, so how did that uh that band end? Like, I didn't, I never really like heard. It was uh, man, it was kind of. I mean, it ended like. For me, the band kept going after I left, uh, but it, uh. it ended like amicably. Um, I just, after the tour, I, I had another band that I was playing in, and uh, that was kind of like my main priority. Um, I was the main songwriter. It was kind of starting to blow up, and uh, we had a lot of opportunities going on. And pretty soon after I got back from the tour, I ended up stepping down from the band. Um, 
and I don't know if you remembered, but I was actually doing vocals in that band, and I'm originally a guitar player. Uh, That's but right. But when we were on when we were on tour, like I blew out my voice. Oh yeah. And <laughs> me and the guitar player had to switch places on the tour, and I played guitar for the last half. That's right. Um, yeah. And then so after that, I was just kind of like, I don't know, man. I you know. Vocals aren't really like my main thing. I'm going to stick with guitar. So I ended up uh, just stepping away from the band to focus on my other project at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I think I do remember hearing about that one now that you say it. Um, did you guys have like any recordings, um, you know, for like anyone that might want to check them out? Uh, for the Taken? Yeah. Um, we did. I there's definitely been recordings like since I left the band too. I'm trying to think of any of the recordings when I was in the band. Um, I know there was like uh, a Reverb Nation page for a little while. It may still be floating around out there. I don't know, man. I don't know. That was a long time ago. That was like, yeah. we, I mean, we were we recorded probably right before we went out on that tour. So it was like oh, 2007. Dude. So I don't know. It's not on Spotify or anything like that. I don't know where it would be. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember there was like a, a a provo a promo video you guys or somebody I think it was on your guys' end there for like the tour. It was like this yeah. summer tour with For the Taken and he's yeah. I think it's still on like YouTube and it's floating. It probably around. is. It probably is. <laughs> but I remember that was like, a fun tour though, man. It was a yeah. lot of fun. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> that was, uh, that, I think that was my first tour ever, so it was like it was awesome to do with like all you guys. I mean, so much of it is a blur just because I was getting like way too faded on that, that <laughs> fucking tour, dude. But yeah, I think we all were. <laughs> yeah, I just remember you being like always sitting in the back, and you had the fucking chew in your lip, and just like <laughs> looking all glazed over, and like like spitting and. <laughs> Dude, I literally, I just quit chewing last week. <laughs> oh, dang, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So you just been, like, hardcore with it since I was the going, tour, I huh? was going strong since I was, like, 16. <laughs> Figured it was it was probably time to stop. <laughs> dang, just got it getting, like, withdrawals or what? Um, A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It was pretty rough the first few days. I'm, like, doing a lot better at this point, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that yeah like and you never like smoke or anything do you so it's not you no man i never i i've smoked a cigarette probably like twice in my life i just went straight for chewing tobacco <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> so it's like no no in between yeah my brother chewed and that kind of like um you know just just him doing it in front of me i tried it and then it's just like I mean, for those that don't know, it's like three times the amount of nicotine that's in a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's highly, highly addictive. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I just never looked back, just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I tried it for like the first time. Uh, I mean, I, I think the first time I tried it, I didn't do it right. And I just like spit it out right away. But the next time I tried it, I was like working at this country club. And, uh, you know, like on this golf course and I was driving people around as like part of my job and that I was doing at the time. And somebody just like was like, oh, you want to try this dip? I put it in 
and I fucking start doing it for the first time, right? And then, like, it hit me so hard. I, th- I thought I was going to, like, pass out. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, the, the first few times, the first few times it puts you on your ass, for sure. Um, it's, it's, like, just, it's basically just, like, being wasted the first few times you do it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, like, way too lightheaded and feeling, like, high off this, like, and I'm around too yeah. many people at work, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I can't hang off this right now, man. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, was For the Taken your first band, or? No, no. You... I was, um, the band I was in when I joined For the Taken uh, was my first band. It was called uh, East of Eden. Um, and it was kind of, like, very, uh, like, similar to, like, Finch, or, like, uh, just kind of, like, early Screamo like early kind of screamo rock um and uh you know we just we had a lot of success when we were like we started when we were like 16 like 15 16 years old and uh we just worked our asses off uh in the local scene here in phoenix and um you know just worked our way up through the like the big promoter here in town we started off playing at like this one of the smallest venues in town and selling it out on a weekly basis and then started oh, like yeah. working our way up to getting put on with national you know touring acts that were coming through town at bigger venues and then we worked our way all the way up to playing like the big uh mar- like marquee theater here in phoenix is kind of one of the bigger venues it's like a 1500 cap venue um and we were opening for, you know, we got to open for Finch at, at Marquee Theater and got to oh, open shit. for a bunch of really cool bands. So, and it just happened when I was like at a really young age. So it kind of gave me this like jaded look on, on, on playing music, you know, and yeah. um, just like, oh man, every show is going to be huge, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and then, but I, you know, I've always been interested in, um, in doing vocals and bands too and stuff. And, um, you know, uh, I saw like a Facebook posting or something like that. MySpace, maybe even at the time, um, for a band that was local to Phoenix, uh, that was looking for a vocalist. And, um, uh, you know, I reached out to them and they had me come try out and it was just kind of like a perfect fit right off the bat. Uh, so that's how I joined for the take in and, um, you know, ultimately have been in, a number of bands since um so what happened with uh east of eden um it just kind of fell apart it just was like fizzled out. A, yeah it was a really huge bummer honestly because i just like spent so much time on it when i was younger and just like worked <sighs> so hard on it yeah it sounded like you guys were had, playing good shows and you know yeah we, i mean we were playing huge shows for you know our age and everything and had a lot of opportunities on the table and then we just had some um some like band turnover like band member turnover um and it ended up just not being the same like really like once some of the original members left and there was turnover and it was just kind of things got kind of awkward with new members and i ended up just stepping away from it um so and then yeah i was in another band after that uh with actually my now wife um who you've met Teresa. yeah 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 she's awesome yeah, so we were in a band together, um, like beginning of 
like our college years probably i think we were like 19 and we started a band together uh, oh, and it was just that, very like dude is that the like those the pictures where you guys are like looking all seen together like with the scene oh yeah and just... oh yeah oh yeah for sure i think she for posted sure. that recently i was like cracking up i so think long. so i think yeah. she did um, not that long ago. but yeah it was just it was kind of like paramore style of music just kind of like mm. you know alternative rock pop like female fronted you know band um and uh and then after that i actually didn't play music for like five or six years i just like pretty much stopped uh barely even picked up a guitar or anything for like five or six years um i just got like caught up with work and just you know i started managing restaurants and that was like 60 70 hours a week and like damn just didn't have the yeah just i just really didn't have the time to do anything musically and uh and then i started working for a restaurant group mom and pop shop really cool group and they were just kind of like they knew i was a musician but i wasn't doing anything and they were like why aren't you doing anything like why don't you play and i was like i don't have time like i'm managing your guys restaurants like you know just all that and they were like no you got to do it um and that's when i started playing again that's when i joined uh l west damn and that was like around what year? That was about five years ago now. <clears throat> so it was like 2000 and uh, 2000, late 2016, I think, 16. is when we when we when I kind of joined up with with the band. That sounds about right. I think I remember seeing you starting to post stuff about that. Yeah, around that time. So. Has, like, guitar always been your, like, main instrument, or were you playing anything else before that? Yeah, so guitar, I would say, has always been my main instrument. Um, my first instrument was bass, actually. I, oh, yeah? I, I played bass originally, yeah. Um, Same here. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, like, I honestly just started because, like, my buddies were starting to, like, play guitar and jamming together. And I had a friend that played drums, but they didn't have anybody playing bass. So I was like, I don't want to be left <laughs> out. Like, I want to pick up yeah. some instruments. So I picked up I picked up bass. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I played bass for about three or four years. And then uh, when I started high school, they offered a guitar course at my high school. Um, mm. And uh, so I took that just because I thought it would be cool. And then that's when I just kind of fully transitioned into guitar. I just fell, just fell in love with it and made the full transition onto there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I play my main instruments, guitar, I play piano, um, and, uh, still play bass occasionally. Um, but you know, guitars kind of where I, where I feel at home. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, I would agree. Cause I mean, I started the same exact way. It was just kind of like, because everybody wants to play either guitar or drums, and then like bass, yeah. no one's like, "Fuck yeah, I want to play bass," you know. <laughs> yeah. So that it's it happened to me too, and then that's why I. But I mean, I, I'm I'm grateful for that because that was that's basically what got me into music. So for sure, I'm like hell yeah, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I'm I'm glad I started with bass because it made for a really easy transition into oh, yeah. guitar. Um, just having the knowledge and like the theory based around bass originally, and then switching over to guitar was like really easy at that point. You know, it was like mm-hmm. I had a once I got the general understanding 
of it, it was just kind of like game over, you know. Yeah. I took a few lessons here and there, and then my teacher was like, "You don't, you don't need me anymore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like guitar is just so much more like expressive, you know. Like it's like with with bass, it's just. I mean, there you could do like different stuff, you know, different st- techniques of playing, but then, yeah, it gets to a certain point where it's just kind of like, uh, well, what's beyond there beyond like just slapping or like maybe kind of messing with effects here and there but for sure i feel like it's much more um emotive if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like it's it's uh just you can just create a lot more like feeling and emotion through the instrument than you can on bass I guess if that makes sense, like no, bass yeah. is there to hold hold down the rhythm. You know, they're like it's a it's a rhythm instrument. It's you know holding down the rhythm, holding the groove of this of the song. But like, um, it's it just doesn't have the like you can create so much more feeling with with guitar than you can on bass, really. Yeah, that's true. And uh, another good thing about like starting with bass is like it's kind of like you know, it teaches you about rhythm and, mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you like a taste of what like a guitar player is doing, you know, for sure. And so it it is honestly like probably one of the best instruments to start out on just for Definitely. that reason. It gives you, like you said, it gives you a really good feel for rhythm. It gives you a really good feel for timing. And like, it's, it's just a good like backbone to have. And that's actually like my wife too. My wife, is a bass player, but she also plays guitar and she kind of started on, she started on guitar, but she kind of went backwards. It was like guitar, um, but never really took any lessons or like took it super seriously or anything. Mm. And then she started playing bass like seriously. Um, and actually she played a few gigs with Sam for, for the taken for his like new project that he's doing. Um, but she ended up kind of switching back to guitar and now she just has like such a better understanding of guitar you know, based off of what she learned for bass. Yep. So. Yeah. Case in point, man. <laughs> Case and point. <laughs> That's sick, dude. Um, so I think I saw something like recently, like you guys put out something together, like maybe it, it was like a couple years ago or something, maybe like, uh, me and Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. We always like, yeah, I've got like a, a studio here at home mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we're always just kind of like messing around on music. It just, you know, we're both like super busy with she's crazy busy with work all the time. She mm-hmm. just like owns her own business and is super busy with that. And then I've got two bands that I play in as well as, you know, I own my own business and I work for another company as well. So <laughs> um, it's 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 kind of tight timing wise, but we always try and just like work on work on music together it's a thing that we're both super passionate about and we both really love so it's we're always kind of working on stuff we've got a new song that we're that we're kind of working on right now and getting ready to throw it's all done we just got to put vocals on it and then it's it's good to go that's badass dude that's that's awesome you guys have that connection you could bounce uh, ideas off each other like that for sure for sure yeah i mean she's a i mean she's a super talented musician in her own rights and it's you know um it's just really cool to share that, you know, everybody, like all couples have their connection and everything like that. But like we have our 
you know, our normal connection, but then our connection through music together is like, has always been super strong. And uh, it's, uh, it's just cool to have that on top of everything else too. Hell yeah. And uh, is she doing anything musically at all or just mainly just busy working? Yeah, I mean, mainly at this point, she's just kind of busy working. She was playing in a band um, for a while with, uh, do you do you remember the band I Set to Kill? I Set to Kill? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. It's like, they're, they're still around. It's like a female-fronted metal band. Mm. Um, but uh, she's good friends with two of the girls from that band, and uh, they started like a little um side project for the two girls from I Set to Kill but Teresa was playing bass in that project and it was just kind of like kind of indie like indie pop music um really really cool stuff and they were active for a little while and then uh everybody just kind of got too busy to keep it going um and then yeah she was playing she played a few gigs with with Sam for a little while um and then, yeah, I mean, she plays like she plays at home every day. You know, she's just like in her downtime, she'll pick up the, you know, her acoustic or, uh, you know, plug in her electric and start playing and just jamming and writing. But <laughs> That's awesome. she's always writing. She just doesn't ever really have the time to like sit down and like work and like record and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it does take it's time consuming for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you got to, like, force yourself to to do it sometimes, you know? Definitely. I know I get rusty just because I'm, like, (laughs) I get too lazy to pick it up sometimes. And, like, I'm like, man. But every time I do pick it up, I never regret that I did. Like, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. It just puts me right back into it. And I'm like, fuck yeah. For sure. (laughs) So you still um, keep in uh, touch with, like, most of those guys from Before the Taken? Um, yeah, I, I, I keep in touch with Sam. Uh-huh. Um, we talk occasionally, uh, and then Sean as well. Um, we talk occasionally too, but, um, I haven't spoken to, um, to Steven in a really, really long time. Um, and nothing, you know, not for any reason. We just, haven't you know kept in touch really since the band uh since i left the band we saw each other like east of eden my other band that i was in played a few shows with for the taken after i left Uh um and talked to him then but i haven't really talked to him since probably like 2009 maybe dang um so but yeah me and sam and sean keep in touch that's cool i mean it's the same way with like with me and a lot of the dudes from Eve's, like, I mean, we, uh, before this podcast we did together recently, like <laughs> we hadn't talked to each other, like since, you know, those days pretty much. For sure. For sure. I talked to Josh like all the time, dude. He's like, you know, <laughs> he, he, he came out, he came out here, uh, to Phoenix to see, um, the last L West show before the pandemic hit. Oh really? Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, him and his wife came out to Phoenix and stayed for a few days and, like, came to our show. They came and visited me at my restaurant the next day. And, like, <laughs> you know, he, like we, he's always, like, we, we shoot shoot each other texts and stuff. And, um, 
Yeah, I, I, he's a good dude. I like I like Josh a lot. Yeah, Josh is awesome. He's he's definitely a gearhead. You know, for I mean, sure. he loves all the. He's always like. That's why he's texting me all the time. He's always asking me <laughs> questions about gear and like, um, you know, just pedals and like guitars and stuff. And yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I, that that kind of segues pretty nicely into my next question I have for you. Like, uh, like what's what's some of your uh, first gear you had? First gear I had. Um, if we're talking bass, like when I first started, I had like probably this like two hundred dollar Ibanez, uh, and a like a probably ten watt like custom little you know combo amp. Hmm. Um, my first guitar was actually a uh, it was like a Jimi Hendrix copy like Fender Strat. That's uh, kind of what I got right now. It's the really yeah, it's the the Jimi Hendrix uh, remake. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I drop like a like a grand on it. Like, I mean, it's yeah, it's a pretty solid guitar. Yeah, they're they're good guitars, man. That was my first guitar, um, and then oh God, my first I can't remember what my first amp was. I remember my first pedals though. My uncle is a musician, uh, really, really good guitar player and, uh, and drummer. And he plays bass. Like he's just all across the board, like a really talented musician. That's it. And, uh, I had no idea what pedals even were at the time. And he was like, <laughs> he came out to visit for my birthday one year and took me to guitar center. And he was like, you pick one pedal. I pick one pedal for you. And at the time I was like super into metal. So I was like, I want the boss metal zone. (laughs) So he was like, all right, man. And so he got me the boss metal zone. And then he got me the boss. uh, um, What was it? The blues driver. Oh, I still Uh, got that on my board right now. Dude, it's a killer pedal. I like had a newfound love for that pedal recently. Yeah, I love that Um, distortion. But uh, at the time I was like, I don't even want to use this. I only want to use the metal zone. Like just... I just wanted to play heavy riffs, man. <laughs> Dude, that's like the it's kind of like um kind of like those memes like the starter kit memes like for you know different groups like that's probably like yeah. one of the things that would be in the starter kit for like I want to play metal guitar <laughs> like for sure. Everybody for sure. that's like into metal. Yeah, Jack. Yeah. It's like a like a Jackson guitar, yeah. a uh like a little 10 watt crate yeah. like <laughs> amp and and a boss metal zone. <laughs> <laughs> and you're set, man. Just fucking drop tune that bitch and let it rip. Yeah, you just got heavy riffs for days. <laughs> Everybody I knew that fucking played metal had that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that, that like, um, set off your, like, love for pedals. Because now you're, like, I, can, I see you po- your posts all the time. You, like, got this badass board. It's, like... Freaking. Yeah, it's a problem now. <laughs> yeah, I like see you almost like every other week. Like, oh, I, I added this and tweaked with this. Yeah, and- I think, I think my pedal board costs more money than the rest of my gear combined. <laughs> Just total. <laughs> um, but I mean, honestly, though, like that's that's kind of my like my sound, I guess, like the sound that I've created for myself. Um, just I have, you know. I love playing guitar just straight into an amp too, but um, just like the texture you can create with pedals and like all the extra effects and stuff like that. It's just, that's what I enjoy. 
Um, and I like just experimenting and kind of trying to like push the, you know, push the borders a little bit with like what kind of sounds I can create. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, pedals, pedals do that for me for sure. And I, uh, I mean, I don't even think in either of my bands, there's ever a period of time where I don't have at least one or two pedals on. I don't think I ever <laughs> play straight into the amp anymore. Never clean, huh? <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's just there's at least like reverb and delay at any given point <laughs> but and that's just at a that's at a minimum right there <laughs> yeah i i feel like it's the same for me too i mean i it, it's always got I like i always got to run like reverb at least reverb and then after that i could kind of i just add maybe like distortion here and there and then yeah little delay but i mean like the the board i got is like in between kind of like the old school way they did it like where they didn't even have a board they just put the pedals on the floor and just plug the bitches in (laughs) and then like what you do so i'm like right in the middle so it's (laughs) you know it's not like crazy like you know wired through like all these different areas like your board is i'm like damn i see pictures of it i'm like fuck it looks clean but it looks like it it's a bitch it's, <laughs> it's super clean but honestly like when you have that many pedals running together you have to like you have to keep it clean because yeah. otherwise you start getting grounding issues oh or, yeah you know also all sorts of just electronic issues start happening yeah so it's just you know something that i've i've perfected is wiring pedal boards <laughs> yeah man I it it looks badass like and I'm like dude it makes me want to step up my game on my board but I mean I only have like what like two four six eight I got like nine pedals probably mm-hmm. and like it's not even enough to fill up my whole board I got right now so I'm like oh, I don't even yeah. what's the point you know I, I mean it still would look a lot better with like a because like th- that uh I haven't gotten into that uh I, I don't even know what it's called, that that one board where you just save all the presets and then you just press that one. Oh, yeah. That. I have, it's MIDI, it's like a MIDI, a MIDI switcher. So, I mean, ultimately, it's just like if you're playing, um, you know, a part of a song that you've got delay and reverb on and then you can save those into like a bank, into a preset on the board. And then uh, you can save other presets using different pedals on other parts of the MIDI board. So like instead of having to turn on and off all your pedals while you're switching through them, you can literally do it with like a click of one switch and then go to the next part of the song with a click of one switch and it activates like each individual patch. That's sick, man. And it makes it like super easy. Yeah, because I remember so many shows I would do with like, you know, like the last band I was in, Family of Light, and and uh, there would be certain parts I'd be like, oh, fuck, like I got to be quick with this part so I could turn this part <laughs> yeah. off and then kick this on and do it. And, uh, yeah, it was challenging, but I it was kind of like a game for me. Like it was fun. To, for sure. But, like, that would have took so much doing what you do. That takes out so much of the stress of having to do that. <laughs> it does. It does. And it just, you know, it's like – it's definitely a lifesaver when you're having to like mess around with pedals so much. It takes a lot of the, like the tap dancing out of it. You know, it's just like one switch and you're on to the next part, you know? Yeah. That, that makes me definitely want to get one of those. Now Cause I'm like, dude, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not even really like 
playing in a band right now, but I mean, who knows? Maybe soon, uh, it would be nice to have that. But for sure, what was uh like your first show ever that you ever played? <laughs> yeah, my first show ever. Um, we talking like real show or just like? <laughs> I mean, whatever, dude. Whatever. Uh, like, even if it was just kind of like a a gateway into an actual gig or whatever i'll go through i'll go through a few here real quick um (laughs) the first time i ever played in front of people Uh was at my friend's birthday party (laughs) they asked me and one of my other friends to play her favorite song for her (laughs) and uh so we did and it was like absolutely ridiculous though we sounded terrible like we (laughs) Learned the song like the day prior and had no idea what we were doing. Um, I guess like from there, uh, the first like concert we played was we actually put it on ourselves. And uh, our friend or our bass player at the time lived in this like community that had this big park attached to like the community. Mm. And we th- we threw like a huge concert in the park. Um <laughs> It got shut down real quick because, like, we didn't know that we had to have, like, permits to do it and, like, all of that. So, like, it got shut down. Um, my first, like, real show, though, um, i trying to remember. I think it was, at, it was at a venue in Phoenix here called The Fix. Huh. And it was a really, really tiny venue. It held maybe 50 people. Oh, dang. Maybe 50 people. And, like... <laughs> The stage was just like a riser off the main floor. It was like <laughs> tiny. We're just all crammed into this like stage. But um, yeah, it was just with like a couple of local bands. Um, nothing crazy, but it was, uh, you know, that was like the first real gig I ever played. <laughs> that's rad, man. I mean, you got to start somewhere, dude. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like that's probably pretty similar to like the way i started too that's always how it is like one of those first gigs it's like either a birthday party or like some yeah. some like talent show or something <laughs> it's just a good way to yeah. to like just see if you like it or not and you're not you know for sure not too much pressure and you just it's um the thing i noticed for sure about like um being a musician um and like just because like I I listen to freaking Joe Rogan's podcast all the time and shit, and he always has like comedians on there, and mm-hmm. uh, they're always talking about like the same type of thing we're talking about, like how it started and like and it's so similar, like it's um, it, it's just interesting how being a comedian and a, a musician is like just basically they're like oh, for sure. they're like cousins almost. It's, it's a it's a grind, both of them, you know. Yeah. And you gotta start somewhere, and, and like bombing and sucking ass is good for you, <laughs> dude. Yeah, there's there's been a whole lot of bombing that I've encountered through through my musical years early on, for sure. <laughs> and you have like those videos where you look back, like people filmed it, and you look back and you're like, oh, oh. my god, what was that, shit? dude? Just terrible, <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the stuff, like, we were talking about it, like, on the, the Ease Reunited podcast that, that we did, and, the and like, Josh sent, like, all these files of, like, old concerts we did, and I'm like, dude, like, 
watching some of that. It's like so rough. I'm like, oh man. Uh, I could only imagine what it like we sounded like on the tour and stuff. Oh yeah, dude. It's like <laughs> no, you guys, you guys crushed it. I used to love your guys' stuff. That was like. I was super stoked when we found out like that whole tour was getting set up with you guys and just like hearing you guys for the first time. I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Sick. And then seeing you guys live too for the first time, like the first show we played, I was like, damn, these guys are awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Yeah I, yeah. I guess by that time we were like more dialed in compared to like when we started, like there's definitely early videos where it's like, oh fuck, like it's so bad, dude. Yeah, dude. I've got a. I've actually got a really good story too from that tour. So the first show that we played was at that like pizza place in uh, Hemet, right? Or yeah, it was like Riverside. I think it was in. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds sounds right. It was like a pizza restaurant that had like a venue in the back of it or something like that. Um, but we played with this band. Um, I'm trying to remember their name. They ended up going on to like they signed a record deal with Victory and like kind of blew up. Oh, crazy! Um, it was like I, I can't remember their name, but uh, I followed them because I really dug them. I saw when we saw them live, I was like, dude, these guys are legit. Like these guys are awesome. And then uh, a few years later, they put out a new record, and the intro track like distinctly ripped off my other bands like one of our riffs dude and i was like what the hell so like i hit him up on facebook and everything and was like yo what's going on like this is like this is like dead on like my riff this is dead on my riff and they like threw this huge fit about it and like we ended up getting a lawyer involved with it and everything and they ended up getting this they ended up having to scrap the song off the record but it was like it was crazy bro i was like what the heck this is so weird like playing with them and then that happened it was really weird so it, it they like literally just ripped the riff like from you guys from that one time you guys played oh straight like not even like it didn't even just like just sound like it like it was the riff dead on <laughs> like spot on well and see the same that same type of stuff i hear about happening with comedians too all the time like they play with other people and then they'll take their jokes and just (laughs) freaking use it Mm -hmm. (laughs) they talk about that all the time yeah it's crazy dude (laughs) wow that's that's nuts you guys like even like took it to court and shit yeah it's like well they were like bigger than us too so it was kind of one of those things where it was like man they're not like yeah it's just kind of it's kind of wrong like they're gonna profit off of this and then like we're gonna have like you know yeah if anything were to happen with us like if we were to like blow up like we wouldn't even be able to use that song anymore because it would have been like okay now we're ripping them off because theirs (laughs) blew up first you know yeah wow and that was from for the taken huh no it was uh east of eden oh it was that band okay yeah yeah Mm. wow Yeah, dude. I mean, you guys had your own little Led Zeppelin "Stairway to Heaven" thing happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious. Uh, it's awesome to see um, that you've been like sponsored uh, by Balliger Guitars. That's how you say it, right? Balliger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was with them for a few years. I actually um, Are you, like you're not? recently. Yeah, I'm not with them anymore. Oh, okay. Um, I I stepped down. Um, from my endorsement about a year ago. Okay. 
Um, so I was with them for about four years. Um, and they're a really great company. Like Joe Balaguer, the owner, is an awesome dude. Uh, they build great guitars, phenomenal guitars. Um, but uh, I started I started building my own guitars. Like mm-hmm. I started about a year ago, I started my own company and mm-hmm. uh, started building custom guitars. And uh, so that's when I stepped down from my endorsement because uh. it was a obviously a conflict of interest, like a competing brand. Right. Um, but uh, and then, um, you know, I wanted to I was contractually obligated to play only play Balaguer guitars uh. live. And um, so obviously, like if I'm building my own guitars, I want to promote my own brand. So like I want to play mine. Um, so yeah, I stepped down about a year ago. Mm. Wow. And uh, your company's called Sonder Guitars, right? Yeah. Yeah, Sonder Guitars. That's sick. Um, yeah, I, I've seen yeah. some stuff that you've been posting, and they look clean, man. They look like badass guitars. Thanks, dude. They're, like, it's, like, the highest of quality stuff. You know? uh, it's, just, it's all hand-built, too, so it's it's super high-quality guitars. They're really good. Um, I've gotten, like, quite a few... Uh, quite a few like artists that or bands that I listen to like are now playing some of my gear too. So that's really cool. And, uh, just trying to, you know, build the brand up and, and get the guitars out there. That's badass, man. That's, uh, yeah. What, what got you into that? Were you always kind of like messing around with guitars or did you, you have any background? Yeah. I mean, no, like I pretty much just kind of taught myself, um, a lot of research online, <laughs> a lot of hours spent on YouTube watching videos. Um, but no, I just, I, I've always been like we were talking about, I'm a complete gearhead. Like mm-hmm. I just, anything, everything guitar related, I just absolutely love and I'm super interested in. I've messed around with building pedals. I've messed around with, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, um, I had started like customizing my guitars, um, you know, and, uh, started building some just for fun here and there. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, when COVID hit, uh, I ended up, uh, I lost my job that I had been working at for like 10 years. So, um, just trying to kind of figure out something that I could do to make money. And, uh, I didn't really want to go back to like working a job job. Uh, (laughs) Uh and, uh, so wanted to do something that I was passionate about and that I love doing. And, um, so I gave the guitar thing a shot and it's, you know, it's been pretty good. It's, uh, it's just me, like it's only me right now building guitars. So it's, um, and guitar, they take a while to build. So it's, it's kind of a slow process, but, um, had a good first year and, uh, just trying to grow, you know, grow from here on up. So that's awesome. So yeah, definitely go check out Sonder Guitars. Uh, you guys have a website, or is it just like yeah, yeah? We've got a website. It's uh, SonderGuitarsPHX.com. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's right now there's no stock on there. Like there's nothing for sale on there. There will be soon. I'll have about four guitars up there soon. Um, but I guess the the big thing that I do is um, you like I'll work with you to build a custom guitar. So like you can choose what you want and then I'll build it for you. So, um, 
I do that as well as just build guitars that I want to build for fun and put them up for sale. But uh, I guess like the selling point is that on the website, you can go and fill out a form, basically like what you want, you know, what body style, what color, what type of neck, what pickups, like everything. And, um, you know, it sends it to me. I give you a quote back um, and then we go from there. But um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, you know, just getting on the phone with people and helping them customize their own guitars to like what they're looking for specifically to like cater to them as a guitarist and as a musician and just being able to build like their dream guitar for them, you know? That's awesome. And yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it's gotta be super satisfying too, to like do that. <laughs> it's, it's really cool, man. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I believe it. That's, I, I definitely want to like, just try them out. Like I see the pictures of it. I'm like, I'm like, dude, those look like clean guitars, man. I'm like, freaking want to try it out. Yeah, man. <laughs> what, yeah. I'll have well, to- I'll have some, I'll have some stock here soon. So I'll, I'll, send i'll send one out to you so you can check it out and then you can just ship it back whenever yeah fuck yeah i mean i'd be even interested in like buying one too so but yeah yeah, let me know man hell yeah that'd be that'd be tight <laughs> it's I, I don't i've never even had like a custom guitar before so it would be cool to yeah to do that no it's a lot of fun dude just going through the process and like you know, I'm super involved in it. Like as I'm building out custom guitars for people, I'm sending them update pictures, like, you know, throughout the process and like just getting to see people's reactions as like the build is being built out, um, is really cool. And, uh, it's just super satisfying for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I, it, I have definitely a similar <laughs> thing with, cause like I do the custom guitar straps where I paint them. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically like the same process where it's like usually a custom thing. I get like an idea of like what they want and then, you know, lay it out, That's awesome. send them like a sketch of it first and then be like, Oh, and then you like it. And yeah. And then to like see them wearing it later on and everything and like yeah. at shows and taking like, it's yeah, it is. So I could totally relate to that, you know, feeling of satisfaction and whatnot. For sure. For sure. That's badass. Um, so today uh, we're mainly going to talk about uh, one of uh, Thomas's current bands called L West, and um, it's a soon-to-be-released recording from the group called Alum. Right? That's how you say it. Yeah. Tight. And yeah, yeah. Um, and that's when is this coming out? So some of it's already out. We ended up actually doing it a little bit differently this time around as like we're releasing every song as a single, Um, you know, with Spotify being like the main place for listening to music now. um, The algorithm on Spotify really kind of caters towards consistent releases versus like spanned out releases. Mm. So I think I think all but one of the tracks are released now um on spotify uh we still have one more song coming out though uh the last of the songs will be coming out in a few weeks here um so yeah a little bit of a different approach this time around versus just like releasing it all as one piece we just released each song as an individual and then as soon as everything's released it'll be grouped together as a record on spotify Hmm. yeah i mean that seems like the the way most people do it nowadays yeah just like little yeah <clears throat> little uh releases here and there like one or two songs and yeah 
I know I, I had that similar thing I was going to do. Like, cause I had this whole album. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to put the whole thing out. But then like, I started realizing, I was like, man, why? Like, I just, you know, just keep putting out like yeah. a little re- song here and there. And I mean, people aren't into getting yeah. like albums as much. For sure. For sure. So we actually, we did a release show for it, uh, right before COVID hit in February in 2020. Um, and it was like a uh, exclusive, like premiere look to the record. Basically, like we weren't going to release it on Spotify or anything for a little while, but we had CDs already made. So we were like, we're going to have a release show, you know, really intimate, like at a, you know, like 400 cap venue. And um, everybody that comes gets a record for free. And, uh, you know, you'll get to hear the, the music live for the first time before anybody else hears it. You know, it'll come out six months down the road and like all of this. So we did the release show and that's actually what Josh came out for. Um, oh, it was that he one. came out for that release show. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, uh, so yeah, now the songs are like trickling out. We're just about through it. One more song's coming out in a few weeks, but, uh, yeah, we're super excited about it. Yeah. I I just had uh, you know the opportunity to listen to the whole thing and like it's dope, dude. I love it. Like it sounds really good. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah, no problem. And it's um, like I love I love how like all the songs are like really short and sweet. Like they're just like very yeah. like I noticed that about like almost every song. It's like I like I'm like oh dang it's already over, but like oh that's cool. It kind of leaves you wanting more, you know. <laughs> For sure, for sure. And like this, this record was interesting in the sense of like, typically, um, you know, it's funny because like with L West, we want it to be like, we want, we want it to be this big thing. And like, we feel like the music is there and like, we're, you know, like the music's solid. It's like well-polished. You know, mm-hmm. it's like radio, super radio friendly. Yeah. Um, but the one the one thing we always battled with was that we were always writing these songs that were like five or six minutes and you don't hear five or six minute tracks on the radio. You know, it's just like yeah. it, that that's not radio friendly. So um, going into this record, we were actually, uh, you know, we wanted to work with like a producer that was going to like really like push us and like get us to that level. Um, and we ended up doing that. We worked with, uh, Bo Burchell, uh, mm. who's, uh, he was in the band Seosin. Oh, sick. Um, yeah, he was the guitar <laughs> player of Seosin. He's a producer now, um, out in Temecula actually. Oh, that's right. Temecula. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so we went out to Temecula for seven days and recorded the record with him and he, tore us to bits and just like really pushed us and like <laughs> broke the songs down and like made them like you know made them like radio friendly tracks you know so it was like that was the thing we wanted to do and like really um get a certain sound out of it and he just like really helped us you know it really helped us and pushed us to do that wow that's awesome man that you guys were able to link up with him uh how how much do you think he like uh change the tracks that you had originally so there was um actually not a lot there were two songs that were pretty drastic changes but everything else was actually pretty um pretty left untouched uh he added like little bits here and there mm-hmm. and like creative stuff to him but um one of the songs he like completely changed the arrangement 
um, and then cut like probably 45 seconds out of it. Um, and then one of the other songs we went in and he, you know, the, the instrumentation was recorded and everything was fine there, but we went in and like our singer went in to record vocals and we started recording and Bo was like, it's not working for me. <laughs> and we were like, what do you, what do you mean? And he's like, I want you to rewrite the entire song vocally. Mm. And so we did like right there in the studio, we had to like scratch it and start from, you know, start from the beginning. Um, so yeah. that was a pretty drastic tr- change too. But um, yeah, I mean, it was more so just like, you know, making cuts here and there to get the songs to the right lengths or like adding little ear candy stuff here and there and like just little creative touches and stuff mostly. But um, but yeah, there weren't like a ton of super drastic changes to the songs. That's awesome. I mean, that, you know, it always you it's always great to have that extra uh you know set of ears especially if it's someone you know that you know is from a dope band obviously like salesman you know yeah. and so i'm sure that that must have you know been awesome working with him i was it For like sure. did you guys have any like issues like working together at all like you guys butt heads at all um personally i didn't um there was some reservations from a few of the other band members throughout the process, just when he was making changes to songs um, mm. that they that they weren't happy with. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I just broke it down. I was like, look, we wanted to be pushed. We wanted to be like, we wanted to work for with a producer that was going to do this for us. Yep. And like, we're getting, we're getting what we asked for. And now you, you know, now we're fighting it for some reason. So it was just kind of like, it was kind of a weird thing. We just had to take a step back and like take a breather. And like, we just kind of all were like, we're going to wait till the end product. And went, once the end product was done, like everybody was super happy with it. And like, you know, the guy knows what he's doing. He's like, like, I mean, he was in Seosin. Seosin was signed to Capitol Records. They were signed to a major label. And uh, since Seosin, Bo has been producing like, like, he's produced so many big records, you know, in the last five, 10 years and like just done, done a really, really awesome job. And, um, so luckily like the way we linked up, he's actually a Balaguer artist as well. He was on Balaguer guitars. He still is on Balaguer guitars. Um, and that's how I met him and made that connection. And like, uh, you know, it wasn't like a given that we were still going to go and record with him. He's like definitely really professional and really tough to work, you know, tough to get to work with in the sense of like you know i asked him if we could work with him and he was like oh yeah that'd be awesome man so basically i just want you guys to like go in and record pre-production for all the songs and then uh if i like them i'll record you guys (laughs) and we were like (laughs) okay so we had to go record to record with him Mm. um so we we just like recorded rough demos here at a studio in phoenix and we recorded about 10 songs total and then gave them to him. He picked the final songs that were going to be on the record and then, you know, gave us notes to change before we came in. So everything was pretty much set to go by the time we got in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was an awesome experience, though. Bo's an awesome guy, um, super professional, really fun to work with, fun to be around. And uh, we, I mean, we had a blast. That's awesome. And I know that is like, one of the hardest things about working with a producer is like just, I mean, 
it definitely helps for sure if you handpicked the person, but like I could see like in a situation like if you just some like a record label or something was just like, oh, here's your producer. Like you don't have a choice. Like yeah, yeah, it is. It's hard. You have to like be able to like trust. You know, because like they're they're like your babies. You know, when you have a song, it's just like dude, like you feel like that's what it needs. Everything that you've added to it is like <laughs> for sure you know that's what it needs for and so sure. for somebody to be like no no that sounds like shit yeah. let's <laughs> let's fucking change this yeah. it's like what motherfucker like oh yeah so, so it was definitely it was an experience man like i said he pushed us to our limits for the most part and like really really pushed us but it was it it was what we asked for and that's what we wanted and um we got what we asked for <laughs> So did you, did you guys end up going out there and recording in Temecula? Yeah, yeah, we stayed out there for seven days in a in a motel right down by his house. And just, oh, crazy! You know, yeah, just uh, he was he had just moved there. He lived in L.A. prior, mm. and his studio his studio was in L.A. But he moved to Temecula, built a studio in his house, and uh, he was building out like band quarters like a room like with bunks and everything for bands to stay at when they were recording but it wasn't ready yet uh, when we went out there so we stayed at this like little motel right down the street and uh just you know we were in the studio every day we were there and then we'd go out and hang out in temecula and just you know basically party and then go home <laughs> sleep and then go back to the studio the next day hell yeah yeah i mean that's where i uh basically moved from like i was like right down the street in marietta so yeah uh were you guys like going and hanging out in old town yeah yeah we hung out in old town um he lived like not far from old town he was um maybe five minutes from old town and we were staying like right on the edge of old town um so we hung out in old town a lot uh you know, there's like a bunch of breweries there now yep. too. So like we went out and just hung out at the breweries and just, you know, drank and ate good food and just hung out. <laughs> it's a great area, man. I used to go kick it out there all the time when I lived around it's, that area. Yeah, it's really, really cool, man. It's mm-hmm. like it's a it's a cool town. Really cool town. Yeah, there's and like, you know, during the day it's it's great. You could there's like so many places you could shop and like there's like a little this badass like record store right there yeah uh, just like really cool area because it's it is old it's like an old uh, I, I don't know how old it is but yeah i'm sure that area was probably around like 1800s you know yeah it, well it seems like it for sure yeah so it's definitely got a lot of history and you could tell when you're there like just the way the whole city's designed right there it's pretty yeah it's pretty interesting um, so yeah, like go ahead and, um, like name off the members in the band and, uh, what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Bryant Powell is our lead singer. Um, his twin brother, Rick is our bass player. Oh, interesting. And then, yeah, yeah. They look nothing alike though. Huh. It's, <laughs> they look nothing alike. Um, and then, uh, Marty Welker is our drummer. Uh. Um, so yeah, um, Marty, our drummer, is somebody that 
I had known for a while prior to being in the band. Um, he wasn't in the band either, though. Uh, I brought him into L West. Um, but he was um, basically like a studio drummer and uh, like a drum tech at a couple of studios around town here in Phoenix. And I had met him through that and uh, had always wanted to work with him. And um, so we started, you know, it, once I joined L West, I brought him in and it just kind of went from there. Bryant, I met, Bryant was working at a coffee shop and uh, I used to go into the coffee shop every morning. And um, one day he was like, yo, you got to check out my band. And he gave me a CD and I listened to it and I was like, damn, this is like, this is crazy. This is really good stuff. And, uh, you know, a few weeks later, him and Teresa, Teresa was with me at the coffee shop one day and him and Teresa were talking and he was like, yeah, I'm looking for like bandmates. And like, she was like, oh, well, Thomas is looking to start playing music again. And so we started talking. And then from there that, you know, I, I started playing with him because basically all the band members had moved away. Um, so he like was looking for all new band members. So I joined, I brought Marty and then he pulled in his brother Rick to start playing bass. And we kind of started, just kind of started fresh. Um, started writing all new music and just went from there. So that was like around 2016, like you were saying that that's, yeah, yeah. About 2016. Mm. That's awesome. That, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> that's, it's always yeah. cool to hear how like bands like get together and it, you know, for sure. And it was just like really easy. Like when we got together finally and started working together, like it was just, um, you know, we, we all work super, super well together. So it was very, very nice, very nice thing that <laughs> nice thing to have. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, almost like, like how like a relationship starts, you know, like with like a girl sure. or something, you're just like, <laughs> you know, it, you don't sure. know how it happens, but it just happens. And then it's like, Oh, like <laughs> it's pretty sweet. You know, yeah. like, Oh, fuck it. definitely. <laughs> and then it's definitely. like a story you could tell people later too. Yeah. Um, how'd you guys like handle COVID? Like, were you guys able to like stay busy at all or was it? Um, it was, it was tough, man. It was tough. Um, you know, it was kind of, uh, just a shock to everybody's system. Right. You know, it was like, it just, we, you know, we went from just have, we played our release show, this big sold out show. And then like literally two weeks later, like the world got shut down, you know? And, um, there was obviously a lot of like fear around the virus and just like, uh, you know, being in public and being around each other and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, we just, we didn't meet up for a little while. And, uh, when we did start, it was slow. It was just kind of like trying to write new music and just, you know, kind of put our heads down and just power through this like weird time, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, so, but it was, it was, it was tough for sure. It was tough for sure. We just kind of focused on writing and like writing new music and just really trying to dial in new stuff versus like focusing on anything else really. Yeah. I mean, and that's probably like the best part about that is like, it's, it's given a lot of bands that time to like really just focus on like recording or working on songs for or whatever. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So, but we actually we just played our first show again. Um, Phoenix here is like pretty pretty open again, mm-hmm. um, and we had our first show 
a week and a half ago. Um, and it was, it was awesome, dude. It was like, you know, everybody's been like raging to get back to concerts <laughs> here in Phoenix. And like, so it was, it was, it was wild. It was a really good, it was a really good show. Packed house. Hell yeah. Dude, that, it's probably like the best time to like get back at it right now. Cause so many people are like, Oh, I want to fuck, you know, cabin fever yeah. and like just ready yeah. to get out. And definitely. So yeah. So you guys have anything else like booked like, or coming up? We don't currently. Um, yeah, we don't currently. Uh, it's right now. It's kind of weird here in Phoenix, venue-wise, because uh-huh. um, we kind of ran into this problem where like one company owned all the venues in Phoenix, and um, ultimately they partnered with. They ended up partnering with Live Nation, and then Live Nation just recently bought them out completely. Um, except for one venue. So one venue is still focused on like local music. And then the rest of their venues are all like, we're only bringing touring acts through now. So Mm. it's tough because, you know, like right now, a lot of the local bands really only have like one or two venues to play in Phoenix that are like nice venues. And, um, now that shows are back, all the bands are booking, 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 and like they're booked out for like months now oh, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, so I feel like everybody's just kind of trying to figure out what you know what's happening, what's going on, and uh, kind of what the next step is for for live music here in Phoenix. So yeah, yeah, I, that's crazy. I didn't know they like had like a stranglehold on all the clubs out there like that with the it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> just one one uh, company owning all of them like that that's mm-hmm. had no idea so have you guys been like practicing at all like gearing up for that yeah 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 we've been practicing again we started practicing you know kind of during covid and getting back together and um you know working on new music and stuff but um and then when we got when we booked this show, we had to get back into like show gear, you know, like we hadn't been playing a live set for a while. And like we took about three weeks prior to the show to just really dial in the live set again. And um, still, you know, still getting together now. Uh, we just had practice two nights ago and, you know, just just chugging along. That's great, man. Just really like focusing on on new music at this point. Yeah, that's good to hear. It's it's uh definitely a relief that things are finally getting back to normal <laughs> you know like yeah it's it felt yeah, like definitely. it just went way too long everybody's like man over over all the masks and all the regulation yeah. bullshit yeah it's crazy man <laughs> i mean i saw i saw like uh because i've been watching like the playoffs i don't know how you are with basketball but like yeah yeah i, <laughs> I saw like because the lakers had the series with the suns and I was like, damn, like, the, it looked like they had, like, max capacity there at the arena in Phoenix. And so I'm like, dude. Dude, yeah. I mean, Phoenix is wide open right now, man. <laughs> there's, like, there's, there's, like, no restrictions whatsoever anymore. They just lifted, like, all the mask restrictions and everything. And, like, um, yeah, I mean, there's no, like, capacity limit on anything anymore. And it's funny because, like, if you watched the games that were in Phoenix, like the venue was like the the arena was packed, but then if you watched the games that were in LA, like 
the stadium was like a quarter of the way full, you know, because like LA still is like pretty shut down right yep. now. Yeah, you could see it in the games, like, because yeah, they go to to Phoenix to play, and then it's like freaking the <laughs> you know the crowds yeah. are just like so loud, and and then they you see the games yeah. see the game in LA, and then it's like a lot quieter. It's not like as yeah. rowdy and. I'm like, dude, I yeah. bet I bet you anything that had something to do with why the 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 Suns won. Because oh, sure. I'm a diehard Lakers fan. I'm pissed off at the Suns right now. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I was honestly I was very surprised that we won that series. I had no idea that was gonna happen, dude. I was just like, no, oh, the Suns. I think everybody was like, oh, they'll beat the Suns. But they're uh, the Suns are they're good this year. But like, I wasn't expecting them to take out the Lakers. Yeah. No way. But I mean, hey, more power to him, man. Like the Lakers have had their share of wins, so I'm like, for sure, for sure, you know. And now we're just destroying Denver right now. I know. <laughs> I'm tripping out all that, and uh, yeah, I'm watching all the series and everything, and uh, I'm rooting. I think I think we'll, I think we'll make it to the finals. I think it's going to be us versus Brooklyn, and then Brooklyn's just going to blow us out. <laughs> <laughs> it it could go down that way man i don't know like i'm kind of rooting for the jazz because i live in utah now and like since the lakers are out but yeah uh i don't know the jazz are doing really good too so it's kind of like uh i don't know they're solid yeah they got a good team they're kind of like in the same boat (laughs) as the suns right now where it's like (laughs) they're just fucking smashing it's like newfound talent yeah just kind of young team clicking and everything's firing at the right time for sure so yeah we'll see what happens man it's gonna be interesting so um give us a a little like preface about this recording uh we're gonna talk about and um just like a brief summary about it and then we'll uh just start diving deeper into it and go through like track by track for sure man yeah so i mean the record was kind of like this uh this new direction that we were kind of trying to take. Um, and, you know, we had uh, our previous record that we had put out to this one. We had some label, um, you know, some label uh, interest in, and we ended up deciding to not go forward with the the label deal um, and didn't feel like it was the right time. Um, so, we just dove back into the music and we were like, you know what? We just want to like kind of really hone our sound and kind of like, um, just, just really dial everything in. And, uh, we spent a long time on that record writing it. And, um, it was just a lot of, a lot of back and forth. We just had like the rest of the records we had done. We had just really just like pumped through the songs been like song, 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 song. Here's a new record, you know, Mm -hmm. and not a lot of like thought process going into it. Um, so we just really wanted everything to be like thought out and, um, like everything to have its purpose, you know? And, um, it was kind of a new sound for us, kind of this new awakening for like the band. And that's why we named it Illume. Illume is like illumination. Like it's kind of like the beginning or the start of something. Uh. Um, so it was, that's kind of the reasoning behind the name. Um, and yeah, it's. You know, I wouldn't say that there's like any specific theme or like, uh, you know, like concept to the record or anything like that. Each song kind of has its own individual story in place. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was 
you know, just kind of this this attempt at what we felt we wanted to be versus what we used to be, I guess, as a band. And just like the growth, just really show the growth of the band. Awesome. That's cool. And um, did uh, did Bo have anything to do with like, um, you know, the name of the album or any lyrics or anything? No, no. He actually was like completely hands off on that front. Okay. Um, you know, he had some suggestions for like uh some word changes mm. like throughout writing the lyrics and stuff like that just because he felt like this word would flow better in that sentence versus that word that kind of thing uh. um but yeah i mean he didn't really have a ton of input on any of that our you know our vocalist bryant is like uh he's super talented like really good lyricist he's classically trained vocalist uh went to school for opera uh-huh. and um like is just you know both felt confident in in Bryant and um you know didn't have really many like notes on the lyrics or anything like that like i said there was the one song where he made us basically scrap the entire like vocals for and rewrite yeah. but um he he didn't really have any input on the lyrics or name or anything like that that's that's right so did i never saw um any like cover art for it you guys have like a art album art for it yet yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it over to you. Um, it's uh, basically like it was actually a really cool shoot to do. Um, the cover art, we had this idea of like, well, we did this photo shoot out in the desert, right? Like out here in Phoenix, like for the band, like promo photos. Uh-huh. And we wanted um, to kind of highlight the idea, like the we, highlight the, you know, the fact that we're you know, based in Arizona, what's more Arizona than like the desert, right? (laughs) So like we did this photo shoot out in the desert and then for the, uh, for the album art, um, the girl that did the photos had this, uh, this like light stick thing, this led stick that you could program stuff into. So she programmed our logo into it and then basically took a shot of the desert and as she, she did like um, long exposure, like a long exposure shot. Yeah. So it shot like over a 10 second period. And all you do is like you wave the stick mm. like slowly and it, it basically creates the logo out of the lights. Sick. And so it's basically our logo just floating over like the dark desert and like illuminating like everything around it. That's badass. I want to see that. It sounds sick. Yeah, I'll, ch- I'll, I'll send it over to you. Um, um, it's on like it's on our Spotify. Like for the tracks that are on Spotify yeah. so far, um, like you can see it on on the Spotify. Oh, I think but, I um, I think I have seen that then. Because I yeah, I, from what I remember, because yeah, I was looking at your guys' Spotify tracks, and I th- I remember seeing that kind of thing you're describing but i didn't yeah it, it looked like from what i remember from it like it looked like it was like almost like a graphic design shot i, di- I didn't think it was like a long exposure shot like that. yeah dude it was like it was a photography shot like it was basically you know we were trying we were thinking like yeah we could do this in like graphic design uh-huh. um and but our photographer told us about the idea and she was like, I've got this light stick. We can like 
do it in real time and uh it turned out super awesome so we just we stuck with it that's badass um what what's the um the symbol about i it's just like kind of like a bow and arrow type thing like it kind of yeah looks so like... it's 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 a it's a bird's wing with an arrow through it yeah um and like we use it as like uh the e in l west like if you see like a logo that's like the name along with the logo yeah. like the e is the logo um personally i forget bryant basically saw the logo like in a dream mm. like he had this dream of like you know I, I forget the entire story but it's like birds like he saw like a wing with an arrow through it and was like that just looks dope huh. and i want to go with it so <laughs> that's cool i mean dude like you can't yeah. go wrong with like dream inspired things you know it's yeah it's always sick there's a, there's something to that i don't know what it is but it's some mysterious sure. shit <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> um so tight man let's uh start getting into the tracks um let's take a listen to track one just wait
taking back, we're taking over This feeling falls on me like a rainstorm Just Wait was actually, I think it was the first track we wrote for the new record. Um, it's, man, it's just like, it's kind of an, an inspiring song. It's more upbeat. Uh, you know, it's it got a super catchy chorus. Um, the guitar line, we just kind of like, the guitars, we wanted to kind of create like... Um, I don't know, just create that like upbeat vibe that kind of matches the lyrics with, you know, with the instrumentation. So it's got this kind of like bouncy, upbeat, like kind of delayed uh, guitar effect on it um, that just kind of keeps it like repeating almost like a like a U2 riff, right? Mm. Or something like that where you hear like it's got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like the thing I feel like with there's a few songs on the record that are like really just like anthemic, right? It's they have like these anthemic vibes and that track just like really comes across as like almost like a call to action or something like that. It's just got this like uplifting, like anthemic feel to it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like it's on it's probably one of my favorite tracks off the record for sure. It's my one of my favorites to play live. Awesome. Yeah. You gotta love that when, you know, it just gets you that extra feeling, man, when you're starting to play it live to people and you're like, Oh fuck, it's that song. (laughs) I love playing it to people, you know? For sure. And that one, like recording that one in the studio too, probably had the least amount of work done by Bo. Like he didn't really have any notes for that one. He's like, this one's good. Like we're, you know, let's just, let's knock it out and record it. He approved. It went, (laughs) it went smooth. Yeah. It went real smooth. Yeah. The the song kind of reminds me of like a a mix between like a circus survive song, uh, Sparta, and maybe like a little bit of like old school, like cold play a little bit. For sure. And, uh, for sure. Yeah. I can hear all that. Yeah. That's just kind of like, things i hear and your guys sound a little bit uh but what what's some of what's well, some of the bands you guys uh collective uh, collectively love and most likely are influenced by it's funny because um you know like brian and marty our drummer have like very similar tastes in music and um 
Rick, our bass player, has like a very different taste in music from them, and then I have a very different taste in music from everybody else too. So like, it's funny because like I, I I do love like I like Coldplay, I like um, you know kind of like British rock, like Foles and stuff like that. Um, but it's not really like my my go to, um, and they're like die hard that kind <laughs> of stuff. So it was kind of an interesting collaboration of like everybody coming together because Bryant comes from this very like uh, like British rock, like alternative rock, um, like place, and Marty's kind of the same way. And then I come from this like more like ambient kind of like circus survive space like where i i really focus on like creating like textures of sound walls of sound with like you know effects and like cool lead lines that like kind of play off the vocals and everything yeah. like that mm-hmm. um so it was just it was kind of cool to see everything come together because it was like two totally different types of like music just being brought together you know yeah to become this this sound i guess yeah it it definitely is like uh this mixture of a lot of different sounds and it is its own thing in its own right you know so it's it's cool that i I love hearing that when bands could like you know make their own thing out of all these different influences and yeah it's it's beautiful to hear it's it's definitely art um so like how how was the song written like um and like maybe like the meaning behind the song if you know yeah so the i mean the song was written as far as like it's it's funny because so me and bryant would uh before the pandemic we haven't really gotten back to this yet but before the pandemic me and bryant would meet every monday morning Uh and just write we would just write every monday morning and then every Monday night and Wednesday night, we had full band practice. So we would get together on Monday mornings and just write music and then take it to practice that night and on Wednesday and just like play through it with the whole band and really like work on the, you know, the like put put the rhythm section to the rest of the music that we were working on. Mm. Um, so, you know, that one was like he had... The, the way that we write is pretty much like he'll have an idea for a rhythm guitar part and then I'll put and like a vocal melody or something like that. Not necessarily just like lyrics, but like a vocal melody. And um, then I'll I'll sit down with it and then start writing like the lead guitar parts to it. Um, and that's usually how we write. Sometimes I have like a full kind of idea that I bring to him and he just puts vocals over. And then sometimes he's got kind of like a full idea that I just like kind of build upon too. So um that one though was like he had the idea in his head he had the vocal melody in his head and then we wrote the rest of the music around the vocal melody basically so it was kind of an interesting backwards way of doing so you know it was like he had the melody and then like everything else came after the fact that's rad i mean sometimes like some of the best songs are like written like that like and to me i don't know (laughs) like for me it's like totally backwards i always write like the instruments first and then vocals always comes last. Like I, I don't, I don't know why that is. I just can't, I don't know. Like I, I usually don't hear like vocal melodies like right away. I, it has to like, yeah. Come out of the music to me, you know, for sure. For sure. Well, it's funny. Cause like Brian is like probably first and foremost, like a vocalist. He plays guitar in the band too. Oh, okay. Um, 
but um, like he's the rhythm guitar player, but like he's first and foremost a vocalist, a singer. Um, so like I think most of the time he usually has a vocal melody and then he'll kind of position the rhythm guitar around that vocal melody, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. So, so is that normally like how you guys write? Is it like kind of, well, because like you were talking about how you like to, um, kind of bounce your guitar playing off of the vocals. So yeah, does, how does that work normally? Like overall, like, is it usually like you have like a guitar line first that he plays with, or is it the other way around, you know? So it's usually, I guess it depends. Um, in most cases, it's usually like he's got a vocal melody that he's got a rhythm guitar part for, and then I'll sit down with it and like work in the lead guitar uh -huh. um, and kind of create counter melodies to the vocals and like, you know, try to not like take away from the vocals, but more so just like add add some flair to the song and some spice with like just the lead guitar parts. Um, but um, it, in some cases, like I pretty much have a whole song planned out guitar wise and I just give it to him and then he writes the vocals to that. Um, but mostly it's like, he's got the melody first and then we kind of build. You guys on it just there. kind of build on it. Wow. That, yeah. That's, I mean, that definitely helps for sure. I mean, I, I've never personally, I've never been in a band like that where it's like, based off the melody of a vocal so that's it's pretty interesting to me <laughs> hearing that i'm like yeah. oh shit that's it's pretty trippy so yeah uh anything else you, you want to add about this one i don't think so i think that's kind of like you know as far as i i feel like um you know as far as like the meaning of this track it's a little bit, Brian's not always like the most upfront person with the meanings of the songs. And a lot of the times, like, it's not even like a personal experience. It's like, like we have songs that are just like, he wrote a song about a movie he just saw, or like huh. he wrote a song about like, you know, so there are songs that we do have that are like based off of like, you know, more emotional experience, like personal experiences. But uh, he kind of takes from everywhere. Like, you know, he like reads a book and wants to write a song about the book he just read or something oh. like that in his own words, you know? So it's kind of that one though. Like I just get the feel from the lyrics. I personally get the feel that it's like this kind of like uplifting, like hopeful song, like, uh, just wait, you have to believe me. Like, it's just kind of this, like, um, like calling out to somebody to just like, Hey, like, you know, keep hope, maintain your hope and like, just look forward and you know, that kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to hear like, uh, you know, uh, that's why I always ask that question. Like, what's the meaning of it? Because it's just like, to me, it's like, you know, I have my own way of writing lyrics and everybody has their own way of doing it. So it's, it's interesting to hear somebody's interpret, uh, interpretation of like whatever they're thinking about. And for sure. And, uh, so that's cool. I mean, I have, I haven't heard that before. Like, um, you know, writing about like just reading a book or some shit. That's pretty, that's, oh, it's man. creative, yeah, it's man. Like, that's cool. He's got like, he just, he pulls from everything. Like, um, he writes about everything because he writes a lot of music. He writes for, uh, he basically sells 
vocals to uh, like electronic like dance artists and stuff like DJs and stuff like really? that too. So yeah, so he'll sing on like DJs tracks or like dance tracks and stuff like that. Um, so he writes a lot and he's like always having to write music. So he's obviously got to have a lot of like, he's got to have a lot of inspiration, right? Like to write all this music. So he kind of pulls from like everywhere. It's, it's really cool. It's like, he's definitely got this like crazy talent for writing lyrics. It's just, it's pretty unreal. That's, that's badass. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, if you're thinking in like an artistic sense, that's, that's a great way to, to look at, you know, writing lyrics and stuff because you can there's always like a cool way you could twist something like even something that's boring like walking out the front door or something and (laughs) just like just doing normal shit that you do every day but you could kind of translate that into like an artistic perspective so for sure interesting for sure cool man so um yeah let's move on to uh track two um all for you. Absent, void all the time. Don't pass me by. Easily and strong arms, shoulders and lines sends me off to all the battles. Amazement sings on the
divide is just so simple now The things you'd say are true Yeah, this one, um, this one's probably, and I'm probably the only one out of the band that would say this, but this is probably my favorite song um, on the record. And uh, this one was, this one came from an idea that I had. So like it, it initially started out, like I had the song already pre-planned out um, kind of instrumentally. And uh, Bryant just like wrote, you know, the melody and the lyrics to it. Um, and we've obviously like fine tuned it as a band from like, you know, the rhythm section and all of that. But this one kind of comes from more of like my style as a musician and like my, my writing style and like my sound. Um, so I guess that's why I'm kind of impartial to it being like my favorite on the record. <laughs> but, um, it's definitely just got like a more like ambient kind of like, uh, it's definitely not like a super upbeat song. It's definitely like got kind of like a downer feeling to it, but it's, it's, it's super pretty still and ambient and just like kind of a dark and heavy song though. It's, it's it kind of comes from like a dark and heavy place. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, instrumentally, it's just like, it's a really fun song. It's like really pretty and um, like it's got, it's like aggressive moments and it's like real light moments. But um, yeah, and this one, I'm if I remember correctly, Bryant the, wrote the lyrics about a uh, basically like from the perspective of a soldier coming home from war and like having to like kind of reintegrate back into like normal life and like the struggles that would like go into that. Oh. Um, so like I said, he pulls inspiration from like anywhere and everywhere. So it's like, he just like put his mind in, you know, like the space of like, how would I feel if I was like, you know, struggling coming home from, you know, some foreign place that I had just been at, like doing this, like, you know, terrible thing and like having to come home and like reintegrate into everyday life. Um, so it's definitely like heavy vibes. It's like, it's heavy vibes for sure. Um, but still just has like this pretty kind of yet hopeful feeling throughout. And then it builds into this big, like, like kind of explosion at the end, just like this big, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it just it just builds and builds and builds until it just like releases at the end and at the end it's like uh you know it it turns into this like more hopeful message and like kind of uh uplooking message versus like the rest of it which which is a little bit darker but um definitely kind of turns the tides from like this more kind of dark heavy vibe to like more upbeat like hopeful feeling of like you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel and like, you know, that kind of thing. Huh. 
yeah, that's cool. Um, did did he um, serve in the military, or did anybody in the band? No, no, he didn't. He didn't. Um, Does he? Um, and like I said, I don't have any like any family members or anything that did. Yeah, he's got. I, yeah, not like uh, he has friends that mm-hmm. did. Um, he's definitely got friends that did, and then he has like older generations of family that did. Um, like I think like maybe possibly like grandfather or great grandfather or something like that. Mm. Um, and fr- and friends that served, but he didn't personally serve. No. Well, I mean that's still like a a great n- a nod to the soldiers, and uh, you know, shout out to them for you know putting their lives on the line for us every day. So, um. For sure. You guys have like an interesting sound though, for sure. It's like smooth. It's got like a modern poppy feel to it. Um, and you got that like spacey, spacey, ethereal guitar sound throughout the track. Yeah. That, that sounds awesome. And, um, you guys, you guys kind of remind me of like an English band that, that would have, would be on like a British music TV show, like, uh, late we get that a lot <laughs> like later with uh jules holland you ever heard that show yeah yeah dude like i swear man like when i i was listening to this yeah. this album and i'm like oh shit like i could totally see you guys on that show like in england or something well I, yeah like <laughs> like i was saying like bryant and marty are both super into like english rock yeah bands. yeah and like like bands like Foles and like Coldplay, oh, yeah. like stuff like mm-hmm. that you know and um so their a lot of their inspiration comes from that and then i come from a background of like i just really love like that spacey ethereal like guitar sound and just like really creating space with with an instrument and like creating this like this like pad of like you know of a feeling throughout like the track with with guitar so that's kind of the way i look at it so it's like you've got that like english rock british rock kind of like you know kind of indie like indie english rock vibe but then you've got like the the spaciness of it too Mm -hmm. like coming from like my background so i guess like it's it's i wouldn't say it's anything new like i guess like older Coldplay. like if you listen to like kind of early Coldplay, Coldplay kind of did the same thing yeah um and there's definitely some bands out there but yeah i mean that's kind of like you know that we get that a lot though we always hear like you're 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 in the wrong country, guys. Like, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> is there any other bands out there like like you guys in Arizona? Like, kind of in that same vein? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it's fun, yeah, because it's funny. It's like we always get told like you guys would be huge if you lived in the UK, dude. I, like, I bet if you guys were in the UK, like you guys would crush it. And I mean, we do well here, you know, we get to, we've had a lot of awesome opportunities and I've got to play with like a lot of really cool bands and huge bands that have come through town touring. And like, we've done, you know, some out of state shows too. Um, but it's like, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a popular sound, but it's, it's something that's kind of new and fresh to like Arizona for sure. Um, but yeah, we always get like the, you guys need to be in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's it um seem like the uh the main style of music that's popular out there right now um there's a lot of like metal there's a lot of heavy like still heavy, like, like hardcore like screamo type yeah, shit. like 
yeah like hardcore metalcore <laughs> like that kind of stuff is really popular out here um but you have like uh you got a lot of really like diverse music too you know there's like um a lot of indie rock a lot of um you know just there's actually like i'd say kind of like uh Stuff that reminds me to like your your old band, like Family of Light, like that kind of like that kind of like that kind of feel too. Huh. We've got like numerous bands out here that kind of play like that kind of like sixties you know, throwback I, type sound. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's it's uh it's interesting, but yeah, it's kind of all over the board, man. But I'd say kind of like the big popular one right now is like that kind of metalcore. There's so many metalcore bands out here. <laughs> That's funny, dude. I, I uh, yeah, it's like I thought. I thought that stuff died off like ten years ago. I don't know. <laughs> just fucking lizards living out there in in the Arizona, just trying to keep it alive, <laughs> keep that that yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah <sighs> it's crazy. Uh, well, right on. Uh, anything else that you want to add about this song? I don't think so. I think that's it, man. I think that was like, uh, you know, that was like a really fun one for me. And um, so you mainly wrote most of that or did they wrote most of it yeah. around your guitar part? Yeah, I mean, I don't write any of the lyrics or anything like that. I leave that up to Bryant. But um, that one was uh, like instrumentally, like mainly written by me. Badass. Okay, man. Well, uh, let's move on to track three, uh, Never Know.
Yeah, so Never Know was the last song that we wrote for the record. Um, we didn't feel like there was a strong contender for like a radio single, you know, off of the record as of yet out of the songs that we had. So keep in mind, we had probably like we originally recorded 10 tracks. We demoed out 10 tracks that were like to be part of this record that Bo was going to choose between the solidified down to the six so um we felt like we didn't have a song that was like a standout like single you know like the radio song like the song that was like you'd hear on the radio so like we sat down and pretty much just like all right we need to just like write a radio hit like we need to write like a a song that's gonna be like a radio hit so it just kind of started from there and um it's it's just like a really um a really pretty song, you know, and it's like really, really catchy. Um, the chorus like hits you in the chest, like it hits you in the heart when you listen to it. Like, it's just like a super powerful chorus when the lyrics come in and like, uh, vocals, like Brian's vocal part on that chorus is like astounding to me. I hear it and it like gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things where it, it was like, we felt forced to write this like song that was going to be like a radio song, but like, it was honestly probably the easiest song to write on the record. We just like sat down and everything just clicked and it just like happened. It just like spilled out and was like kind of this magic moment and, uh, became like, like the, the anthem of the record. Right. It was like that one, that like standout song that was like the anthem of the record. So, um, it was really, really fun though. Really cool process of writing that one. Me and Bryant just like locked ourselves in a room and just like, we're not coming out until we write this single. And then like 10 minutes later we walked out done with it. It was like that quick. It just came so quick. Uh, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, it turned out awesome. I love that song. A funny, a funny story about that song. And actually, I didn't. We didn't catch it until after all the tracks had already been mastered. And I'm kind of surprised that we didn't hear it before. I'm kind of surprised Bo didn't hear it before. But um, if you listen to the, like the first ten seconds of the song, you can hear a door close in the background. Like in within the first ten seconds of the song, you literally hear like a door swing shut and close. <laughs> and I remember we were. It was the first day we were there and we were tracking drums for the track. And so Marty was getting ready to track the song and there's like just the guitar intro, you know, it's just the like clean guitar, like finger. I was going to say, I love that part and, that guitar intro sounds sick. Hell yeah. Thank you, man. And so as Marty was getting, we recorded it all separate. It wasn't like a live recording. It was like, we recorded drums and then guitars, then bass and then vocals. So like, um, Marty was getting ready to, start playing the song and like it's like the quiet part when it's just guitar before the drums come in 
and Rick had been outside smoking a cigarette and he walked into the room and slammed the door shut like right before the drums come in. And you can you can hear it in the track still. And we were like, well, it's too late, man. Like we're not gonna like <laughs> go back and re-record the drums. Have him go back and like edit it out and then have to get the song remastered again. Oh. And we were just like, whatever. It's quiet, like it's faint, but it's it's there and it, it irks me every time I hear it. It's like Dude, how did we not catch that? I don't think I heard it. I mean, like, you're bringing it up, but, yeah, I'm, like, trying to think, and I don't know. I don't think anybody would hear it without actually, like, looking for it. Um, but now that you know that, go back and listen, <laughs> to, listen it, to it. again. And you'll for sure hear yeah, it. For sure. You'll for sure hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that song, that's, like, that song's got, like, a kind of a special place in my heart too just the way it kind of came about and like how just quick and like effortless it felt and like um i honestly feel that it's a super super strong catchy song and like you know it's 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 definitely been a fan favorite for sure yeah i mean i was gonna say like uh that song definitely like stuck out to me personally when i was listening to it uh it hooked me in uh it's got this like great feel to it it's like short and sweet um yeah, and it I like I said it stuck out. I was just like, fuck yeah, that's a good good jam, you know. Awesome. <clears throat> awesome. Oh yeah. Well, um anything else you want to add about this track? I don't think so. I I guess maybe uh that one was one of the ones that Bo kind of like uh definitely did some song rearrangement um when we were in the studio. You know, mm-hmm. there was like uh just uh, it was mainly around the bridge. Uh, he car- he actually cut out half of the second verse, so the the second verse is half the length. It was like meant like half the length of what we wrote it oh, as. Oh, crazy! And then he ended up changing around pieces of the the bridge into that last chorus. So it's like it's a different song than like what we went into the studio with completely. But it's like really just it's about 45 seconds shorter and the bridge is just like flip-flopped mm. but um but yeah still love that song and i actually like the changes bo made to it that was one of the ones that some of the guys in the band were kind of freaking out about because they felt like super strongly about how it that's how it should be and uh i was like well let's just like you know let's just wait like let's just sit sit it out like let's just see how it goes and like give it a few days, sit on it. We'll listen to it again and see how it feels. And then everybody came around to it. and was like, I actually like that better. So <laughs> sick, man. So, so yeah. um, was it, um, cause like, yeah, it, it kicks off with that guitar riff. So was it like, um, mainly structured by you as well or, yeah, for the most part. Because um, it sounds like it from the start. I had, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had I had a very cons- like a very solid idea of like how I felt it should be structured, just based off the idea of like we wanted it to be that kind of like radio single. Yeah. So and like radio tracks are like always the same structure. It's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, done. Yeah. You know. So we had th- we had that idea, but like I didn't want like I wanted to have an intro that like really caught you. So it's like just that kind of clean finger picking part. But then all of a sudden, like the drums come in and like it hits really hard and really grabs your attention kind of right off the bat. Um, 
and then it kind of just dies. It drops into the, you know, it drops down into the verse and just kind of like rides the verse out like a wave. But it's, um, you know, structurally, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a radio song. It's what we wanted it to be. Um, I'm super happy with it though. Like I said, like every time I hear that chorus, it, it gives, it still gives me goosebumps to this day. <laughs> like it's just something about it, man. Yeah. That's sick, man. I, yeah. I love songs like that, that just grab you like that and just kind of lot. just, yeah. it, it's, uh, it just like touches your soul, man. It hits you deep, you know? For sure. For sure. Oh yeah. Well, uh, let's get into the next song. Track four, uh, heavy hitter.
heavy hitter is um I actually I really dig this song now. I didn't used to love it that much. Um it was a different vibe than like what I was expecting it to be when it when it all was said and done, it just turned out differently than I imagined it to. Um it's definitely a little bit more on the aggressive side for like what we do. Um but heavy hitter, it kind of goes hand in hand with the name, right? It's like a heavy hitting track. Yeah. It's fast. It's aggressive. Um, a little bit more angry sounding than what we're typically doing. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, man, it's it's a fast, upbeat, you know, just quick track. Um, we actually, we shot a music video for this one, too. That was a lot of fun. That's what um, I was just going to... Super fun music video. To I was going to ask you guys about that, or ask you about that, because I... I um... I feel like I heard the song before and I, like that's that explains it cuz I like I I think I saw that video um probably yeah. So so you guys have like have like a handful of videos up on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, we've got a few. We've got um that one for Heavy Hitter. We've got one for a song off of our first record, uh Olivine. Um and then we've got one other one too. I can't think of what it was. And then we've got some like just you know, random, like, kind of studio footage stuff and, um, you know, a lot of Bryant vlogs, too. He does, like, video blogs. Huh. Um, so we've got a ton of those. I think we're over, like, 100 video blogs Dang. now. <laughs> um, yeah, he does it, like, he does, like, one a week at Sick. least. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that song is, like, it's just fast, aggressive, pissed off sounding and, like, it kind of just ties right into the name Heavy Hitter. And I think... Um, Bryant told me he actually wrote this song about me. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, and, like, um, that, like, I'm kind of, like, I don't know, like, I guess hand-in-hand, hand, like, the heavy hitter as far as, like, uh, I just, like, don't really take shit from people, and I just kind of, like, you know, I, I, I handle all the business. If you, you, like, if, you know, it's just, it, it's one of those things. But, um <laughs> Vocally, yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, even vocally, it's just kind of like a don't fuck with me like type of song. You know, it's like um, just kind of aggressive across the board, I guess, musically and vocally. Yeah, I hear that. It's <laughs> cool, though. I, that <laughs> you got a song. And the music, like, yeah, yeah. The music video was like super fun to shoot because it kind of shows it. It's like. I don't know. You guys will like, I'll have to go check it out, but it's, you know, we shot it. Um, we're all like just beat up, bruised, bloody, like just, you know, walking around. It's, we actually, sh it's a complete green screen. Like it's, we shot a whole green screen video for it. So it's like all green screen and it's meant to be all, f all four of us are the same character basically. Like it's like one person, but you're seeing all of us as that one character throughout and it's like a continuous shot video, right? So it's like all green screen, but like just all this shit's happening. <laughs> like, you know, just life's throwing like absolute shit at you. And like, you're just getting hit by it and just like, you know, getting crushed throughout this video. But it's <laughs> it was a lot of fun to shoot. Um, we had a super creative director for it. Um, have you seen the uh, the doc or like I guess they have a they have a, a, a podcast too, but they have documentaries. The Minimalists. It sounds familiar. I don't know. 
They're like these guys that just talk about living like, oh. you know, completely minimalistic oh, yeah, lifestyles. Yeah, yeah. And like, so the guy that shot our video is their like video director. He's like ah. the guy that does all of their videography. Um, and he's a friend of our singers actually and uh, wanted to do a video for us. And he was like, that's the song. I already have like this really cool idea. And like, it's fast, it's aggressive. Like, we're basically just gonna like, kick the shit out of you guys on camera like in in front of a green screen and we were like all right cool like let's do it so <laughs> oh that's hilarious there's uh I, yeah there's a there's actually a really funny story about this one too so like the song starts out like the music video starts out and like bryant is like sitting in a chair with a, like a burlap sack over his head and he's like handcuffed and he's like being interrogated by like these two guys and like they're running around him and like roughing him up, you know, like like fake throwing punches at him. So during one of the takes, like the the director was like, no, dude, like to the guy that like threw a punch at him. He was like, we needed to look like more real, like you need to get like closer to him. <laughs> and he was like, all right. So like Brian's back. He doesn't see any of this coming. The guy throws a punch. And straight up lands it <laughs> on his face. Like, just as hard as he could, cold clocks Bryant. <laughs> Bryant just, like, rips the bag off his head and is like, what the yo, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> oh. He, like, his, he was, like, bleeding out of his mouth. And, like, like it straight up, like, fucking got him good, dude. It got him really good. Wow. Oh, dude, that's hilarious, but, man. Yeah, I, th- yeah, it's crazy. It would have been even better if he like actually knocked him out, and they're like, "Hey, like <laughs> try to like take off his the burlap sack," and he's just like unconscious and shit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that is actually the clip that made it into the video too, because it looked it looked it better, real. It was it better. Real. It looked real, but like, <laughs> yeah, dude. So it was it was pretty funny. We had a good time with it, but uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, the song is like. You know, I guess that one came from Bryant. That song was mostly Bryant. He kind of had the idea in his head, and I just kind of like went with his went with his flow on it, and just kind of like placed my guitar stuff in where it needed to be, and uh, just kind of let him do his thing. Because it's like vocally, it's it's like a vocally like it's a vocal roller coaster of a track. You know, it's like heavily based around the vocals so i didn't want to like kind of impede too much on the vocals and like just i kind of sat back and gave him space and just placed my stuff where i felt it needed to be awesome yeah and uh yeah it's a great song i like that one too and um it's where where did you guys like film that was that like so yeah it was filmed here um we actually shot it at the same studio that we shot uh, the music video for Olivine uh, at. And it's just this this place out in uh, Gilbert, Arizona mm. that you can rent out. It's just like kind of a studio mm. set. And um, they had a green screen. So we just went in and literally just used like the green screen for the entire thing. And then a lot of it is like a walking. It was like like I said, it's kind of like a continuous shot thing after the first scene. So it's like us walking through different scenes and like just shit getting thrown at you and like just, you know, 
it's a complete shit show of a video. And so we actually were walking on a treadmill <laughs> and like in front of a green screen to make it look like we were walking in place, you know, and it was, it was the weirdest thing to shoot. It was so awkward to shoot, but it turned out cool. So, and that's all that matters, but that's rad, man. Who, um, who filmed it again? Uh, his name is, uh, Jordan Moore. Mm, okay. Um, Jordan Moore. He's like on Instagram and like all social medias as Jordan No More. Mm. And uh, he's like just a super, super talented videographer, director. Um, like I said, he does uh, videography work for the minimalists um, who have like a huge, huge podcast and they've had multiple documentaries and like, you know, they're they're huge and he, he works for them. So he's obviously like a very talented, very talented guy. Cause like their stuff is like really, they have, they're contracted with Netflix. So like their documentaries go out on Netflix and he's like part of the whole crew that, that uh, is like editing, directing all of that stuff for them. So awesome. Yeah. So check that out. Go look that up. It's uh, it's all out there. So yeah, let's move on to uh, the next track. Uh, sooner or later. I am the danger you call by name When the words escape you I am the wheel that hides behind your eyes
Yeah, so Sooner or Later is actually, it's funny because we actually didn't record that one with Bo. Um, hmm. We only recorded five of the six songs with Bo. Um, originally, Sooner or Later, Sooner or Later hadn't even been written yet. Um, we wrote that one after we got home from recording with Bo. And uh, we... We're going to just, we were sitting on the record for a little while. Like this, this record was actually recorded back in 20, late 2018. So it's like just coming out now, which seems crazy, but like we were pitching it to labels. We had like all this stuff going on behind the scenes. And then, um, so we wanted to, we wanted to record a new song to release in the meantime. So we wrote sooner or later, we tracked it here in Phoenix. Uh, with a guy named Corey Spots, who had done our previous two records. And then we actually sent it out to Bo for Bo to mix. Uh. Um, and then uh, we ended up putting it on the... We ended up just wanting to put it on the record because we felt like it was a super strong song and, um, you know, felt like it fit on the record too. So, um, so yeah, it just kind of... It was kind of an interesting thing because it wasn't meant to be on the record originally and then ended up being on the record, but... It's definitely a different song for us. It's uh, a little bit of a different vibe than, I guess, I mean, just l- you listening to it, like, you would probably say it sounds completely different than a lot of our music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just got, like, um, it, it kind of, I would say it's it kind of steps away from, like, the alternative rock realm and moves into, like, harder, like, kind of heavier rock. Um, so definitely, like, Definitely a different vibe for us, but um, oh, that's the other one we shot a music video for too. We have a music video for this one as oh. well, um, which is another like super fun, like crazy video. It's you know we we like doing just like weird stuff with our music videos, and it, it that that one was a lot of fun too. But um, yeah, this one, I guess it's more along the lines of like I I I pretty much like wrote all of the instrumentation for this one too. Um, so it kind of comes more from my background. And like I said, like I played in like kind of harder rock, like screamo, like bands when I was younger. And um, this one was kind of like, we wanted something that was going to kind of throw, throw off our, our, our fans and our listener base. So um, I just kind of pulled out, pulled out my old stops with like, <laughs> with, the kind of more aggressive, like hard rock stuff. Yeah. Um, and it turned out really cool though. Like, I feel like it still fits really well, like in our catalog of music and, um, definitely a little bit of a different vibe, but, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun to work on and, uh, I think turned out really, really cool. Um, and it was cool to see like the guy that we usually record with here in Phoenix, like kind of collab with Bo and work together on like the engineering and the mixing of it and everything like that. And, um, you know, it, it ended up turning out awesome. I don't think you would be able to tell a difference that it was recorded or worked on by two different people. Like they sound, I, the, the mix sounds identical to any of the other stuff on the record. So, yeah. And, um, he didn't like when he, Bo heard it, he was just like, no qualms with it or anything he was just like let's just no he 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 loved that track yeah he was like all about that track um thinking probably more along the lines because it's more of his style Uh, you know it's like more of his style 
Um, and uh, yeah, so he actually before the actually so part of the reason we added it to the record was because originally like i said it wasn't going to be part of the record it was just going to be a single that we released in the meantime and um so ultimately uh we tracked it Corey here in phoenix mixed it and then um i sent it over to Bo just to listen to and Bo was like dude this song slaps like this song <laughs> is awesome and he was like he was like, I want to like, I want to mix it, like send it over. I'll mix it for free. Just send it Fuck over. Yeah. I want to mix it. And so we had Corey send over like the, you know, the stems and everything like that. So Bo could mix it. And then it came back and we were like, dude, this sounds just like the rest of the record. Like as far as like the quality of the recording and everything like that. So like, why don't we just add it, you know? Yeah. So that was actually, that was released as the first single off the record. We released that one the first um out of all the other songs and um shot the music video um we held like a release show for that single it was like a single release and uh we premiered the music video behind us as we played it live oh sick and which was super tight it was a lot of fun (laughs) um and uh yeah it it just really really cool experience for sure Did, did um John, John Moore, he he uh, direct that one as well, or is it? No, no, my uh, so my buddy uh, Jacob Reynolds uh, shot that one. Okay. So all three of our music videos have actually been done by different people. Okay, um, but yeah, my buddy Jacob Reynolds did this one. He's a videographer from here in Phoenix. He does music videos for a lot of touring acts that like just come out to Phoenix to work with him. Mm. Um, and uh so he's a good buddy of mine though and like he scripted the whole thing came up with the whole idea for it and um just like knocked it out of the park it was really really cool that's rad i don't think i've seen it uh what's it about it's basically like um it's funny because the music like the song itself lyrically Uh and like the script basically like jacob was like well i don't feel like i can like convey the message of the lyrics like through a music video like i just don't know so like he came up with like his own story line for it (laughs) and like was like how's this feel and we were like that's awesome it's cool so it's basically like um this girl like it starts out with this girl she's like obviously on the phone like basically getting blown off by a guy like you know they were supposed to hang out or something like that she's like she gets blown off by this guy. So she just like goes out on like goes out on the town like f- by herself for like just this crazy wild night. <laughs> and like uh like each each one of us are like a character in the video too. Like a different a different scene of it. Like like each one is like a weird, crazy experience and like she's having <laughs> that experience like with each one of us throughout the video. Um <laughs> So it was just kind of like, uh, it was kind of like a fun, you know, just different, kind of different vibe for sure. Hmm. I'm going to have to go check that out. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch yeah, that yeah. later. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, your, uh, your drummer's dope. He's got this like colorful, like way of playing fills. I like, I heard Dude, that. He crushes, yeah. yeah. He's definitely got like this kind of like, uh, 
it's definitely like a solid sound uh it kind of reminds me of like uh i don't know i guess bands that we used to be into like back in the day like yeah that freaking under oath like drum sound or like where it's just that heavy uh hardcore screamo drum sound but it's in like this um you know poppy sense uh, feel he is a he's like like i said he's like a studio he's like comes from like kind of a studio musician background so the guy is a machine like he's like a human metronome like (laughs) that's badass he just he he's like so consistent and solid Mm. and on time but he he also is like one of the hardest hitting drummers i've ever played with and like you leave you leave band practice and you're like dude i can't like (laughs) like even wearing earplugs you're just like dude i can't hear anything like i I just like he he just plays so hard every time beats the shit out of his drum kit but like so consistently it like blows my mind it's it's funny because like I'm honestly probably the least talented musician in the band. <laughs> like as far as as far as everybody else goes, like Brian is like a classically trained vocalist. The guy is like he's a rhythm guitar player, but he's the best rhythm guitar player you will ever see or meet in your life. And like just so talented with like how he voices chords and like changes chord voicings and everything like that. He's unreal. And Marty is like one of my favorite drummers I've ever worked with, like one of the the best drummers I've ever worked with, best drummers I've ever seen. Um, and it's just like so solid and consistent. And Rick, our bass player is like a wizard on bass. He's a machine. So yeah, the bass is like super smooth as well. And uh, it's, it's subtle, uh, but uh, it definitely has like solid tones and it holds uh, the song together for sure and and your guitar yeah. your guitar sits nicely on top of everything and for sure um, yeah like it it's it's an interesting sound and and yeah like your singer has this like really unique voice that uh it kind of reminds me of like maybe like a little like more morrissey ish and kind of like yeah kind of reminds me of like this english band called uh wild beasts i don't know if for sure you ever heard them but um yeah, but yeah. they've actually played on that show later with Jules Holland too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely got that like super. I, it, it comes from like the opera background. Like he claim he he like trained in classical vocals, which is basically opera. So he was like an opera singer and like trained as an opera singer. So he's got this like very like operatic yeah, tone to his totally. voice. Totally. You know? Yeah, and that's that's. Like how that band uh, Wild Beasts a lot like, but they have two singers and they both sing like really similar to, to that. Okay. That style. Oh yeah. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, I, like I hear like bits of those styles <laughs> in his singing voice, but uh, it all t- it ties together really well. You guys definitely have your like own sound. It's cool to listen to. Right on, man. Well, uh, let's wrap this recording up with the last song, track six, uh, Who You Are. In the dome
This one, um, this is funny because this is the one that Bo made us completely rewrite the vocal. Like, <laughs> um, so this one turned out like, I mean, instrumentally it didn't turn out any different, um, but like vocally and lyrically and melodically it turned out 100% different than we expected it to. Um, but it was in the long run like for the best. It was funny. It's kind of a funny story because like, so, um, it was the last day we were there recording and, um, we had, we had like basically, I think we had about eight hours left in the studio that day to finish the recording. And so, you know, we're there, Bryant still had like three songs he had to finish up vocals on as far as like background vocals, just like the harmonies and melodies and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, um, so, and then he had to record all of the vocals for this song. So he had a, like, he had a lot to do in eight hours and like, it was our last day we were scheduled there. We had to finish it because Bo like literally didn't have any more time for us. So we, uh, you know, Bryant finishes the vocals for the other songs. He comes into this one and is like, starts laying down the vocals. And then like, you know, after about 10, 15 minutes of like Bryant recording vocals, Bo is just like, this one's not working for me. <laughs> like, this one's just not working for me. So we're like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, no, we just got to rewrite it. And Brian's like, dude, we've got like six hours left. Um, and Bo's like, well, we can run a little like longer tonight. Like we'll get it done. But so like he's like, but you got to rewrite it. We're not we're not tracking this song vocally like this. And uh, Brian like started pacing the room like all super pissed off and just like <laughs> like getting ready to pull his hair out. And like you could tell he was like stressing really, really hard. And it was funny because uh, so Brian like walks outside. He walks out front of the studio and is like. Uh, going to go outside and like start working on the lyrics and everything like that. And Bo actually has a camera to the front of his like house in the studio. So he can see like, <laughs> you know, like, and Brian's just out there like walking back and forth, like throwing shit, like <laughs> tugging on his hair, just like throwing a fit, like lo absolutely losing his mind. <laughs> and Bo's just watching. Losing him. it. <laughs> yeah. And me and Bo are just sitting in the studio, like just dying laughing, just cracking up, watching him on like this tiny little screen. And, um, but no, so, you know, like Bryant was out there for like 45 minutes. He comes back in and is like, okay, we're good. Like, let's do this. And he starts laying down the vocals and we're just like, what, where did this come from? Like, this is fucking awesome. And it just like, it just worked itself out, dude. It was just like, 
it you know we finished it up we laid the like the the harmonies and all that stuff down on it and like Bo was like see i told you so like this is you know like you just gotta push you you know and uh yeah it turned out it turned out killer man it turned out really good um and that one's like that one's fun because it's like that one's kind of a little bit of a different sound for us too. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like listening to it, it's just got this like, um, kind of this like like the the verse. The first verse kicks in, and you're like, oh, this kind of sounds like it's like like super old school sounding or something like that. I don't know. It's just got this like old school vibe to it. Um, and then like the chorus just like is really heavy hitting, like just really kind of crushes. Um, and then the outro of this track is like, like the big ender, like the big finale of the record, yeah. right? It's just got this, like this huge, like, almost, I don't want to say gang vocals cause they're not gang vocals, <laughs> but it's like, it's got the mo- the multiple vocal lines going at one time yeah. and like kind of playing off each other. And like, it's just like huge and explosive at the end and then just like ends on this like just ties the record together really well just like ends on this really high note um but yeah it was interesting because like Bo, you know we were like i said like we recorded the song prior to going out to Bo to record we had to record demos of all the tracks to send to him for approval so like Bo heard the track how it was and didn't make any notes or say anything <laughs> he just decided and then we got to the studio he was just like Nah, dude, I hate this. Like, <laughs> just to fucking throw a wrench in the plans and just yeah. Yeah, on the last day with six hours left, you know, mm. and so it was it was funny, but um, but yeah, it turned out really cool, and like that one is honestly like that one's been a big fan favorite too. It's a lot of fun to play live. Um, it's just kind of like a fun dancey song, like throughout until the end, you know. It's just kind of kind of got that upbeat like dancey vibe to it. Um. And then, like, the outro is just, like, a banger. Like, it just, like, goes all out at the end mm. and, you know, just, just closes it off really, really well. Awesome. And uh, did Bo, like, have any, uh, like, input when – because, like, you know, he said he wasn't feeling it. So, like, when he said that, did he have input on that? Like, as far as, like – All he said was, like – all I said was like Bryant was like, "Well, what do you mean? Like, what don't you like about it?" And he was like, "I just don't like any of it." <laughs> and, so, like, and that was it. You didn't really like. That was it. He's like, "I just think you need to rewrite the song, dude." And so, like, so he did it. it like on the fly, then like that, huh? Oh yeah, he did it in forty-five minutes. Whoa. Dude, there's yeah. something to that, man. Uh, something about like writing while you're in the studio. There's a lot of the songs I've heard. I mean. And I've done it personally, like songs that I've worked on with bands that it's just like last minute. You don't really know how it, you have like a structure of the song and how it's going to go. But then sure. like to like actually work it out in the studio, like under that pressure, something about that just like just it hardens the song and makes it like so much more solid. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it was uh yeah, I mean, super impressive to watch Brian do that, honestly, and just, like, come back from, like, a, you know, borderline complete meltdown <laughs> and, like, uh, just, like, absolutely come back and crush the song and close it off on this high note was really, really cool. Just really cool. That's, so, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, other than that, I mean, it's, um, you know, as far as like the writing of that one, it was, that was kind of one Bryant had like in the pipeline for a little while. And we just finally got around to working it out. And so he had like the rhythm guitar and the melody already pre-planned for that one. And then I just kind of came in and laid down, laid down my stuff. And then obviously we had to rewrite all the vocals and like do all of that in the studio, but um, super happy with how it turned out and uh, really glad, really glad, honestly, that we had Bo to like push us to do that. Cause like, honestly, the song was half of what it is now. Like, it's just, it turned out to be like this super awesome ending track that just like ties everything together. Like just, it's, it's the perfect closer for the record. Yeah. And, and you know, that's an awesome uh, lesson for, for the listeners, you know, like, it's good to, um, you know, rely on your own instincts, but like when you have another pair of ears on the session, it can completely, uh, change everything about it. And, uh, in a, Oh, for sure. A hundred percent positive way. So for sure. And that's like, that's what we paid him for. Like, that's what we were there to do. Right. Like the, the guy that we record with here in Phoenix is an awesome engineer. Um, like awesome, you know, recording engineer and mixing engineer and like puts out the best records here in Phoenix. But like, he's not necessarily like a producer. Like he doesn't like sit there and tear the songs apart with you to like really try and make them the best he can. He's just going to make them sound the best he can through his studio, you know? So like, we were just kind of like, well, we want to work with somebody that's like seriously going to push us to our ends and like make us basically just make us be better musicians, you know, Mm -hmm. like make us write better songs and be better musicians. And that's what we went out there to do. And like, uh, that's what we paid both for. And that's what we were expecting. And like, that's exactly what we got. You know, you just like literally almost pushed Bryant to his complete, you know, (laughs) his complete end, um, on that last day. But like, we just, you know, just, uh, it was, it was like, honestly, just a really cool experience. And, um, to kind of get that taste of like working with a, you know, like somebody that's going to like really put as much effort into making these songs as, as good as possible as the band is, you know, versus just like somebody sitting there and pressing like record and like printing. Just all bored and like, Oh, just putting in the time and you know, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, that's not how our guy is here. Like our guy here is like very, very good and talented. And he's like the best engineer here in Phoenix. Um, but he's also like, he'll, he'll give ideas and stuff like that, but he's not going to be, he's not necessarily the type of person that's going to be like, producing i think he's more the type of person that's like look you're paying me to record you and i don't want to like shit on your music right like i'll make little suggestions but i'm also not going to be like this song fucking sucks (laughs) like rewrite it you know he's coming more from the engineer perspective yeah but that's how bo is bo's like well i'm not going to put out something with my name on it that sounds like shit so like yeah yeah he's like if i don't if i don't like the song i'm not going to let you release it like you know yeah it was a it was a really really cool experience though yeah that's the the best way to do it man you have like a solid producer you could trust i mean the the first thing you you got to have that solid engineer that does the recording then get the uh producer um you know 
I mean, if you do the pre-recording like you guys did, that's that's a great way to do it as well. Like you have a rough idea of how to do it, then you bring in um, the the actual engineer that records the the final product, and then the the uh, producer along with that, and it it, yeah. it just ties it all together. Yeah, and honestly, like I would suggest to any musician or band out there like we've started doing that with every recording since is like write the song you know build the song up write the song do whatever you got to do before you actually go into the studio to record it if you have the means to do a demo just like a demo recording doesn't have to be anything like polished professional sounding just like demo the song off record it whether that's like we do it like basically at home studios, right? Like I'll record my guitar parts here, send it to Bryant. He'll record his guitar parts at his home. Then like our drummer tracks his, you know, his drums and stuff like that. So it's, it's just like, if you have the means to demo the song and like look at the song from a different perspective than like while you're playing it, you know, it's a huge difference to like really be able to kind of like dig into the song and like hear changes that you want to make and like, all of that versus like while you're kind of playing it you know it just it's easier to take a take a separate look of it from a different perspective you know like on a recording versus like while you're playing it's a, it's kind of a game changer and has like opened up my view on like you know really digging into songs and like making sure everything's perfect and everything has its purpose and like i don't necessarily do that as well while we're like in a practice space jamming with like super loud music yeah. just you know hitting you in the face <laughs> it's much easier to do like while you're sitting down just like listening to it and like taking it in you know yeah yeah and then you know even you just using whatever you have around you just um as a starter you know like i i do um you know just any idea that pops in my mind whether i'm playing guitar or whatever just using a my phone and just pressing record on the voice sure. memo you know for sure and that's honestly like you know what we do when we write songs is like we'll write and get it down like in a practice setting like we'll we'll piece it all together as a band at our practice studio while playing through it yep. we record it just on our phone we just take a video of it in the corner of the room yep. right just stick our stick one of our phones in the corner and record us playing it mm. And then listen to it from there and then take it and demo it from there. And like we continue to build, right? It's just like a continuous build. But even if, if all you have is like your phone to take a video, just take a video of it, record it that way and pick it apart from there versus like while you're writing. Cause it's just, it's a much more effective, useful way of like really like producing the song. Right? Yeah. Like, it, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. And it, cause it, it just takes you out of yourself and you yeah. know seeing things from your perspective because you're seeing things from your camera's perspective and you're like oh, okay like oh shit that yeah which is like how some stranger would see you or whatever you know so it definitely helps <clears throat> but yeah i i love like talking about songwriting and crafting songs it's really interesting to me so how everybody does For it sure. you know so yeah but yeah any, uh anything else you'd like to add about uh who you are i mean like the i don't think so i think that's i think that's about it i think like you know 
the last track, I think the only one that is not released yet is, um, which one is it? Let me see here. Uh, All For You. All For You hasn't been released yet, but all the other songs are out now. Uh-huh. Um, Just Wait was the last one to come out. Um, and, but yeah, we're going to be releasing All For You uh, within the next few weeks. That'll be up on Spotify and everything. Um, and then we've got kind of, we recorded a, kind of back at the beginning of the pandemic, like before stuff got really hairy. Um, we recorded a um, a live studio session. Um, so it's like a mix of like our other popular songs as well as like, so we did like probably 12 songs. So we did all the songs off the new record and then like six of our other like more popular songs off of older stuff. Um, so we're going to be releasing all of that too around the same time. And it's like, it was it's it's recorded live, but it's in a studio like professionally mixed like it's like really high quality sounding, really good sounding. Um, we had my buddy Jacob, who did one of our music videos come in and like shoot the whole thing. So it's like really well shot and directed and um, kind of just a cool different look because it is, you know, it's not like a live setting. It's like us in the studio playing live, but uh, definitely definitely something to watch out for it'll be cool awesome got lots of cool things coming up um and uh you know yeah everybody go check that out uh, keep an eye out on that um so um yeah awesome man uh you know thanks so much for coming out you know and uh you know dude doing sure. this yeah thank you for having me yeah dude fucking it's been awesome talking to you man it's been been a long time Fucking miss you, dude. It has been. Guy, fucking. I know. <laughs> Got to kick it for sure. Well, yeah, no, for sure. Are you? So you're living out in Utah now? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's been about two you years. You out there like full time? Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, I don't know how long I'm gonna stay out here, but I mean, it's it's been cool. I. I don't. I don't see myself leaving too soon, but. Where in Where in you in Utah are you? Right living? now, I'm in Orem. Um, it's pretty close to Provo um okay so yeah it's like about like 40 like 30 40 minutes from salt lake south so okay yeah got it it's been chill man like it's it's kind of weird you know there's like a weird mixture of people that it's kind of like a you know there's a lot of religious people but then there's a lot of like weird uh conservative like really conservative people and then like the the really far left people that go to salt lake you know that are like (laughs) fuck all this religious bullshit and so it's yeah it's like this whole like weird clash of people (laughs) well yeah we'll have to kick it though for sure man we gotta kick it soon definitely it's been it's been far too long yeah um my um older brother is about to have his first kid and uh it's gonna be like september and so i'm i'm planning on mobbing out that way he lives in arizona right now so oh dude that's right where's he at again um i think it's flagstaff if i'm not mistaken okay i love flagstaff dude i wanna i wanna like i wanna move up to flagstaff um 
But yeah, when you if you if you head out, let me know where you're at, and I'll you know I'll make a trip. Even if it's up in Flagstaff, I'll make a I'll make a trip up there. Yeah, I mean I'll I mean I'd even be down to mob to Phoenix or whatever too. So I mean we'll make it work out. <laughs> awesome. Um, Hell yeah. Anything else you want to you would like to plug like your own personal Instagram, the band, anything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you can find the band on all socials at uh, just at L West Music um i'm on you know social media and stuff mine doesn't matter too much but if you want to check it out it's just thomas underscore brenneman uh on on instagram um just mostly music and guitar related stuff Mm -hmm. um and then yeah check out you know the uh the guitar company we've got the website it's uh sonder guitars phoenix well phx sonder guitars phx.com um and then we're on all social media as at Sonder Guitars PHX too. So awesome. Well, fantastic. Uh, you know, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you again after all these years. And uh, hell yeah, man! It's awesome to see the evolution of your plane and where it is now. And um, thanks again, man. Yeah, dude. Thank you for having <laughs> me, man. I appreciate it. Fuck yeah, been a lot of fun. Yeah, let's definitely meet up and uh, we'll have a drink. <laughs> definitely definitely would love that dude all right brother well ciao man all right man all right i hope you guys enjoyed the conversation uh thomas is awesome i love that guy uh hopefully you get to see him soon i had the chance to go check out the music videos after we talked and they're awesome like they're really well done so yeah definitely go check those out um go you know follow all the uh things that thomas was plugging there at the end and hopefully if you ever are in their area or they're just playing in your city go check them out follow the show on social media uh we are on twitter at lava wall podcast uh my personal is on there as well under james sterling cooper we're on instagram as well at lava.wa.artcollective my personal is on there too it's at james.sterling.cooper And don't forget to rate and review the show on whatever platform you're using. It will help get the word out. And, um, yeah, look forward to talking to you guys again. Um, Have a great week. And until next time, ciao. Love my podcast. <laughs>